This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we review James Gunn's latest and last movie for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, Geek Boner. Plus, Hollywood writers are on strike and production has paused on many projects in the MCU and elsewhere. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will be the longest animated feature ever made. We got a new trailer for Dune Part 2. More fantastic forecasting rumors. The Gladiator 2 cast looks awesome. And more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, May 8th. 2023. This is Jason Muse, and for reasons best left between you and your therapist, you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the Nooch. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Listener, how you doing? Thanks for pressing play. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And joining us is one of the high evolutionary failed experiments. Yes, <laughs> he stitched him up, he gave him sentience, and then he discarded him like an old fucking lighter. That's how we landed here. It's Rug Boy. Hi, Rugs. It's not that far from the truth. <laughs> I d- I he, like this new origin story for you. Yeah, he's like I like this yeah. damage damage goods. I put a brain in you, and it still didn't work. And <laughs> you're uh, still filthy and foul. Fuck. This was I made a- that. See, like the reason why he <laughs> discarded me is because I made him feel like he was stupid. <laughs> you pointed out all the plot holes in his plan. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck this puppet." Uh, I got to start over. Somewhere I imagine there's a planet of rug boys just living and existing. Or maybe it was scratching their balls. Yeah. Just smelling yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Counting their teeth. There's only six. <laughs> well, I'm glad uh, the high evolutionary made you rugs. It makes this show a thousand percent better. I thank him. I, for one, thank the high. Oh, that's high praise. <laughs> All right, gang. Well, look, we got incinerate him. No, don't burn him. Oh, God, don't blow up that planet. <laughs> That'll no, get me corrupt. Pull up rugs. Yeah. Incinerate them. I mean, I think audiences would ball their eyes out if that scene was filmed. We'll talk about that. We're going to get <laughs> into Rug that. Rugboy was incinerated? Yes. No. yes. Yeah. It would be a victorious like parade. Just a, yeah. a burnt plastic corpse. What's, what's her name? Uh, what's the, 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 the female comic book writer that Rugs was feuding oh, with? Oh, Gail, not Gail Simone. Gail uh, Simone. Yeah, yeah. All of them. All, it was <laughs> all be feuding. of them. Yeah. She'd, she'd, she'd be one. celebrating in the streets. She would yeah. be dancing. Yeah. Anyways, that didn't happen. So would uh, Dan Slot? Dan Slot be like, "Fuck that! Could, that little pimple on my ass yeah. is gone." Yeah, Twitter would just rejoice. There's more. There's still more left. <laughs> there so there's plenty more, of them left on his ass. All the blocks that he's got <laughs> on his Twitter account. Yeah. Anyways, their loss, our gain, right? Yeah. Okay. Look, we're gonna get into some geek news right now. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Uh, we gotta start with a follow up on two kind of stories we mentioned last week. Story A was uh, the fact that the Blade movie hired uh, Nick Pizzolatto, really good writer, creator of True Detective, to write the script for Blade. They got a new writer as they were attempting to start production this month, next month. 
The second follow-up thing I mentioned last week was they better do it quick because there's a looming writer strike. Well, everybody, nobody's writing anything right now. The Writers Guild of America did indeed go on strike a week ago. Mm. Um, the WGA represents 11,500 screenwriters. All on strike after contract negotiations with studios, streaming services, and networks failed. Uh, and what I was told is that Netflix was one of the. Well, you were told as if you fucking. Well, what I said, heard, an insider. I mean, I've been <laughs> look. First of all, I've been reading a lot, listening a lot about there this. There you go. I find this shit fascinating. I don't know if you guys have been following the stories. No. But this shit, I don't know why. It's very interesting. It's a it's it's a labor dispute, but it affects Hollywood. It affects the content we are we we enjoy. Right. Um, so I heard from the various sources, Netflix was one of the main holdouts so uh rugs have you been following the story at all uh quasi because like uh it keeps changing but yes. the last time that i dipped in the main issue was like when they're working on these streaming shows they want a guaranteed amount of episodes correct. to work on yeah. and a guaranteed amount of writers to work on said show correct so they're not running a skeleton crew they're not trying to like uh just kind of like work one person to death. Exactly. It's called their writer's rooms. And part of their negotiation is to preserve the writer's room. These studios have been using. First of all, we got protracted episodes per season, right? We all know like Disney, Marvel, all these Disney plus Marvel shows, six episodes, eight episodes. And then they'll hire mini writer rooms, right? Get half the amount of writers to do twice the amount of work. And then not only that, when they had longer episodic runs, these writers had were assured jobs for, for many weeks, and they could get one or two or three jobs and be set for the year. These short writers' rooms, these mini episodes, a lot less time, and then they are kicked back out, looking, scrambling for work, essentially turning writing into like a freelance job, like part of the gig economy, which it shouldn't be, and all they want is a living wage. They really don't want a lot um, but regarding Blade, here's the immediate effects of some of this. First of all, all late night talk shows have gone dark. SNL canceled uh, its remaining wow. shows. Uh, you know, your Colbert Report, your John Oliver's, your Jimmy Fallon's all going to be showing reruns because that is all writing based. Uh, the Blade production shut down due to the writer's strike. Uh, Game of Thrones prequel and Stranger Things productions have also paused. And then I just read today. Daredevil Born Again that has been shooting in and out around New York for about two months now. They had to wrap the day at 1 p.m. Uh, without any filming being done because members of IATSE crew members and SAG-AFTRA actors had joined the picket lines. Picket lines of which there are several around Hollywood right now in front of all the studios. So, wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, one of the main things is getting a living wage and kind of assuring your job. The other big thing, which I find fascinating, is the last time this happened was 2007, lasted 100 days into 2008, also dealt with the, the Internet. We could talk yeah. about, I can give you examples of the effects on things right there. This time, it's still about streaming in the Internet only. Artificial intelligence has entered the conversation with chat GPT advancing yeah, but as fast as it has. Chat GPT is not gonna. I played around on it. It's not gonna write a whole. I mean, it could, you, you might get a script, but it's not gonna be that. It's not gonna be at well, the level. This of is my. I think yet. if you know how to use it, yeah. it, you can use it 
in tandem with yourself, it's not going to do it on its own. Like you're not going to just be able. No, you, yeah. You're going to have to do some legwork at this point. But I think that maybe three years down the line, we're going to have a different. Conversation. It's going to get there. It's all about the prompts. It, in fact, I heard from Jeff Schneider and some other choices that they've heard that the studios had already been looking into using AI in conjunction with public domain IP that is now coming into public domain, like your Winnie the Pooh and like books from the early 20s, and taking that domain, putting it into ChatGPT and making content that way. They've already looked at this. You know they're fucking looking at this to see if they can fucking screw over the writers even more. (laughs) Well, yeah, this is bad because... Look, these writers are trying to get a living wage. And let's be honest, like these things, most of the time when they hit, they hit big. Yeah. So these writers are not offered a piece of, maybe sometimes they are offered a piece of the pie, but it's not like built in. Right. So they need some, like some way to operate. And they're, they're trying to drive this into a gig economy where like they're just going. That's ridiculous. is that really a way to create a great show? It is not. Is that a real good way to create a good movie or yeah. a good team to make? Like, because you're making franchises now. You're not just making one-off films and then everybody goes home. You're making franchises that have like lasting effects and that probably will go two or three sequels deep and and intertwine with other things. Why wouldn't you want to have people who are in the know, knowledgeable, know the characters really well, have the whole thing uh, in their souls, and then just discard them project to project. It, so it, it doesn't really make sense. But like this is this is corporatism. This is what it, it is. is. It's it, corporate America causing these issues, and they gotta figure out how to deal with it. Arguably, the writers are your most important piece of any creative project. Oh, it, for sure, it all writers starts there. It, yeah, your your writing is everything. That's the foundation for what you've got. You can have great actors. You can have a great director. If the script sucks, it sucks. And the hypocrisy of these studios, because meanwhile, if you look at these studios, they have so many uh, redundant executives making a lot of money. And the writers just want to be paid uh, so they don't have to, so they can pay their mortgage, yeah. so they can live, so they can eat. The middleman manager is the complete fucking waste of money because they take a, a lot of the money and they don't really do anything. And every company, every kind of corporate system, every single creative system has these managerial people that just do dick. And um, yeah, I think that not that they shouldn't exist, but I think they should be far less important. So as far as how long this is going to last, latest article from the New York Times, here's the headline. It's going to be a while. No end in sight for Hollywood strike, says the writers and entertainment companies remain far apart on several key issues, including money, and the standoff could last for months. And it, so all these movies and TV shows are going to be on pause until this gets yeah, figured nobody, out, right? Nobody, if you have written scripts, here's the thing. If you have finished scripts, you can go into production. But oh, okay. But we know there's uh, no rewrites. Exactly. We know gotcha. on the way they shoot things, they're rewriting shit constantly, right? Marvel especially. So yeah, cuz I was a little confused when you said Deadpool, Thunderbolts, Fantastic Four on track, but Well, that's makes sense. The, uh, they can and, film them, yeah. but they can't if they want rewrites. You can't have rewrites. They can't use a writer from the guild nope. to write it. Nope. And every everything that's Fai shot, he'll just write it. Yeah, Fai, he can write it. But he can't, <laughs> and he's a scab, right? Then he's crossing 
the thing. But everything that's filmed but, is they have wait, writers wait, 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 on wait. set. Because I don't know much about this. Yeah. How could he? If he's not, is he's not? Is he a writer? No, I guess if he's uh, an executive, it does. It, yeah, could an executive theoretically but just write it? He could, but you are going to anger the whole fucking WGA, right? right? Okay, Basically, yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to use no. anybody but yeah. a WGA writer. Got it. And James okay. Gunn is in a weird position because he not only is he an executive, an executive, he's, but also he's also a writer. writer. He's a creator. So yeah, they'll have to figure this shit out. Yeah, so this time, what seems to be different is that other uh, entertainment unions are joining the fight. Like I mentioned, IATSE and SAG-AFTRA. Here's why it could get interesting, is that the Directors Guild of America and SAG, the Actors Guild, they are both very soon going into contract negotiations also. You could possibly see a situation where writers, directors, and actors have all gone on strike. Oh, shit. Yeah, the last writer strike cost them a shitload of money. Billion, so. $2 billion in Hollywood. It lasted 100 days. And here is one clear, somebody brought this up. Here's one clear effect of that writer strike. Remember that show, Heroes? Yeah. Save the yeah. Cheerleader. Remember how awesome the first season was? Right. And the first half of the second season was? And then it all took a shit? Well, the writer strike hit this show in the middle of the second season. Right. You also ended up getting movies like uh, G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra, and just bad Transformer movies uh, This that were being made during the writer's strike. So, long-term effects, we may not, depending on how long it is, we're not going to see things for like a year, year and a half. But if mm. this thing goes on for 100 days or more, you are definitely going to see some effects. It's interesting because now it's kind of like back in COVID era uh, entertainment where new stuff isn't being made and people just have to catch up on what's out there. Now, on the well, other... Wait, wait, wait. There's a lot still though, yes, that's going to come that's out. That's the thing. So this yeah. is the thing. The, the There's a lot that's going to come out oh, and yeah. the theaters aren't closed. No, there's a lot coming out in June. Uh, and, you know, these streaming services, Netflix, all these shit places have shit banked, right? They got right. tons of content. Not June. The rest of the summer. I mean, these the things... The whole year. Yeah, out. the whole year yeah. these are going to come out. Yeah, less of the year. Ironically, the, the, the writers striking may have inadvertently helped the studios because the studios right now, they kind of wanted to strike. Why? What happens? Costs go down immediately. Production halts. And they're, everyone's hemorrhaging money. Everybody's trying, like Bob Iger's trying to cut money. Zavlev's trying to cut money. Wait, 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 wait. wait it's going to help them. No, no it's way. No, because if everything stops, that means your money is not working for you at that moment. Right. You just have your money sunk into something that's not going to make you any money now, and it's delaying the money that you're going to make. You're not it. paying for production and actors and all this. Yeah, but stuff. you would pay for. No, I'm wrong. That's false logic. You would be paying for that stuff regardless to del- to pause it now. Yeah. But you're going to have to pay for it later. But what if Anthony? What if they? Okay, they're not paying for any production. All production stops. What if they take that money and they parlay it into some IP? Now they have a new asset. Yeah, but that money was. Let's say you halt production on something that you were a quarter of the way through. You're not going to take that money and parlay it into something else. You have to finish what you've done. Let me read this one paragraph from this uh, New York Times article. It said, This is crazy. Shares climbed on Friday for every company involved with the failed contract talks. Investors tend to like it when costs go down, which is what happens when production slows as during a strike. If the strike drags into July, analysts pointed out, studios can exit pricey deals with writers under quote-unquote force majeure clauses of contracts. They're going to be able to get out a lot of shit that maybe they didn't want to do right away. Mm. 
right? And it says this guy, Luke Landis, a media internet analyst, says the sorry news for writers is that in declaring a strike, they may in fact be helping the streaming giants and their parent companies. In fact, maybe, maybe they might be able to cut out of some stuff, but I don't, I don't see the benefit to being on strike, having production halted. Now that's basically like putting your money in a bank and can't with and not being able to withdraw. And you can't it with no do interest. anything with it. Yeah, right. But you can still make reality shows. You can do things that don't need writers, and they have all this bank content that people are waiting for to come out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I hope it gets resolved. I mean, I I, I haven't been following. Clearly, you've been following a lot closer. Uh, but this isn't good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. It's just not good for yeah. anyone, right? Like, it's yeah. not good for the fans. Not good for the writers. Even the studios. I don't think this is good long term. Like to have no. that. You've you've talked about. You've hinted at. The long-term effects of the hundred-day strike in two thousand seven. So you know, none of this is good. So I hope well, they figure it out. I feel like you know, the average consumer is going to be fine. Yes. Like, oh yeah. yeah, they're not going to notice anything. Really, it's, it's these companies that are going to either number one, uh, not have any. There's a chance where they might not be able to recover enough content to make money, new stuff. Um, and uh, either that or the writers are going to. St- not going to find a deal and then they're going to have to find a new way to do work. But I think they're going to eventually have to fight, find a deal. Uh, depends on what they compromise on. That's the, that's the biggest issue. And it's right now. It sounds like it's the studios that are not willing to compromise anything. Let me, let's talk about blade in particular, Daryl K in our Facebook group left this comment, uh, calling it now. This will be the first canceled MCU movie, you know, with the trouble, they have two-time Academy winner Marshall Ali. He's clearly, I don't think he's been happy with the scripts. Different writers does this whole thing get pulled because maybe it's not like the biggest character you want to go with right now with everything going on. I don't know. What do you think? Well, uh, I guess we have a Blade movie. We have three of them. Uh, if it didn't get made, it wouldn't be the the worst right. crime. We have a good Blade movie. Yeah. Uh, but it is. So it does say something about Disney, like not being able to get their shit together, and uh, now being victim of their own like development hell. So, I I saw this on Sean Chandler's. He does he does a podcast. Someone asked him, and what he theorized, which might be correct, is Blade was one of those things that I, he doesn't think Fahey had ah, in mind uh-huh. to do actually do. Uh-huh. What happened was Mahershala Ali, who was coming, was a hot actor, basically approached them and said, "Hey, I want to do Blade." Yeah, so you got to get Blade. So they were like, "Oh, great actor, wants to do something that we we have IP with that we own. Let's do it, right?" Yeah. But they never actually had the idea to do this. So that's why mm, this has been mm. kind of tumbled around and not really something that um has made it you know they did it backwards has gained any traction yeah they did it backwards they they thought they they aligned the actor with the the ip rather than having an idea for the ip um i still have my doubts because i i think mahershaw lee as blade is still an intriguing thing yeah. but um you yeah, this younger, is just though. this is just a very cursed script i know a very cursed production and maybe the fact that he wanted to do this he he remains attached to it if you're wesley it. snipes <laughs> What are you doing right now? Yeah, I mean, you read I'll this, do it. You, he's reading Variety. He's yeah. like, I knew this shit wasn't going to get me. He <laughs> should have called me in. We would have been done with the movie. Well, everything about, I haven't seen the other two, but that first Blade movie, everything about that Blade movie is so far removed yeah. from oh, yeah. 
the MCU as it currently is, yeah. that you can't retread that, right? Because there's a new actor. But you got to come up with something that's distinct enough to stand out from yeah. the MCU and stand out from the original Blade. And be true to the character of Blade, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's going to be tricky. So maybe. And, and it's not. And it, you can't do techno and blood raining down from the wall. That's why they're having issues. Um, but, you know, this chat GP. Play that, play that clip. The, oh, oh, hold on. <laughs> um, Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up hill. That's right. That, he's talking. Nor can to, you have lines like that? Yes. <laughs> well, I can't. Well, maybe now you can. We got our first F bomb in a Marvel movie. So maybe they'll let it go. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm fascinated by this. The whole thing of AI being part of the conversation. I started fucking around with uh, Adobe Firefly, which is in beta. I got access. It's their AI image generator. I'm about to pull the trigger on mid journey subscription. It's fun. I've watched so many videos. It's fucking crazy. But the AI image generation is crazy. So anyways, listener, let us know. What do you think about all this? Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. I will put a link in the episode description. It is an exclusive closed group for our listeners. Here's what you can find there. You can find a link, actually the full list of the 40 movies that we have put into a 21st century action movie tournament. Geek boner. That will be happening uh, on this show in the future. And we are gamifying it. We're getting some inter- interaction from you. If you can pick final four movies that end up in our final four bracket you win you get put into a raffle for a chance to win a jock and nerd prize now you don't just have to be in the facebook group if you go to this link jockandnerd.com slash action movie tournament you can see the list of movies and our twitter email facebook everything's there send us your picks for the final four in this bracket um and we'll see if somebody wins something it's always fun okay so like you just said, Anthony, what is coming out? A lot of shit coming out. I'm just going to focus on June for a hot second. Because a lot of crazy, a lot of things are coming out in the theater and on TV. Secret Invasion will be coming out June 6th on Disney Plus. Or not June 6th, June 20-something. I said 6 because they're <laughs> going to have six-hour-long episodes. And what, what do you guys think of that? That seems kind of short. They've done it in the past. And the, the episode count's either been too short or too long. Secret Invasion, six hour long episodes. Can they deliver something impactful? Probably. Hour long episodes? Yeah. Hour ish, I guess. I don't know exactly. That's cool. I'm down for that. I've, you know, I'm used to that format. Well, what's the, what's the best six hour release they've had? Oh, man. Hawkeye was a. Uh, Haw- there was Hawkeye. There was Miss Marvel. There was. Miss Marvel was good six episodes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, there was all been Moon Knight. Six, mostly, except for WandaVision. Moon no, Knight was six. That's right. Moon Knight was so, Loki. What was the best out of those? Fuck, I don't know. Right? So that's my point. Yeah. There hasn't been. So there's no track record of them doing a great show with six episodes. Uh, I'm, not, I'm a little skeptical. Point taken. Yes. That being said. They've taken their time with this. They didn't rush this out. And I like the cast. Yeah, it looks great. And I think the the, the storyline kind of already writes itself. Yeah. This espionage, yep. people hiding amongst us. They're pissed. So there's a lot going in its favor, but there's also a lot going against it. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing like Nick Fury be like this one-man army infiltrating and taking out Skrulls or whatever. And we got, uh, what's her name? Uh... 
um, Amelia Clark playing Talos' daughter. Yeah. And that uh, trailer what's her name? was great. Olivia Coleman's in it. Uh, yeah, and the dude who played Malcolm X. Ben Kingsley Benadir. Kingsley Benadir. Ben Mendelsohn is always great. Oh, my God. Stuff. The trailer was fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to this. Another thing I'm looking forward to coming out in June, Black Mirror Season 6. I know Anthony's not a fan. I fucking love this show. <laughs> I'll watch this fucked up dystopian show as long as they put it out. Uh, and this one has a cool cast. And then uh, tickets go on sale today for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Coming out at the beginning of June, June two. I already bought my tickets for the Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah, Phil. Uh, my theater. Oh, I did too. Oh, you did. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, my theater. I wanted to see it in the Dolby, and it was almost full. And I found a little seat on the side of the back, and I was like, I want to see this full crowd. So I did buy that one when some of the other ones were open. Um, but this story is interesting regarding the runtime of Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse. It is apparently going to be. The longest animated feature ever released by a Hollywood studio coming in at two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, shit. Oh, that is pretty fucking An long. An animated movie that's two hours and 20 minutes. That's a lot of fucking. How many minutes is that? That is um, one. Uh, one forty, right? Yeah, that's a that's a lot of animation. That's a lot of stuff. Oh, shit. But now if you're doing 12 frames per second frame rate, it's really half of that, right? Basically. <laughs> that's a dig at the frame rate I, I know that um the evangelion movies one of them is probably uh, a little over that but that was a, a japanese re- i mean it's released here yeah but in, i don't know if the, yeah, it's Amazon, not a hollywood but, right it's not a american right. hollywood release but fuck that's ambitious and holy shit i cannot wait that's you know after this comic book movie this week what about lord of the rings that was a cartoon that was a, it was a little shorter probably uh, yeah, there was a Lord of the Rings that was over two hours. From the 70s, right? That's the one from the 70s? Yeah, but I don't think it's two hours and no, 20 there's minutes. No there's no way. No. That's fucking long. Dude, and that shit was hand-drawn, so there's no way those fuckers are drawing all that shit for two hours. That is Jeez. crazy that it's that long. Two hours and 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah for fucking... Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, give me... I could be... It should be four hours. I feel bad, bad for the person's mouse hand clicking the <laughs> animation program to make this happen. I'm sure AI did most of it. Possibly. Possibly. You can use AI to turn your footage into into the Spider-Verse looking footage now. That's fun. Uh, other things coming out. We got a trailer for Dune Part 2. Remember Dune? Yeah. The- what? <laughs> Dune? Yeah, Dune. Remember Dune? Denny Villeneuve. No, I, Schell, I, I fell asleep at. You know what's funny? Have you seen the Onion article? Yeah, I did. <laughs> the headline is so great. The Onion article says Dune Part Two to pick up right where viewers fell asleep during first one. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. Uh, yeah, and that's what's gonna happen. As uh, Rugs, you you seen the, uh, this trailer? Let's start with you. What'd you think of what we're getting? Some iconic moments in the Dune lore in the Dune story here. You didn't. Um he didn't uh, get roused by him riding the worm. Oh no, that shit is great, dude. That because I remember that from the David Lynch movie. Were those thumper things in the first movie? The, uh, the I don't recall. Right, that's the, I don't recall the sand thumper that attracts the worm. Yeah, the, oh, in the first Dune movie of Villanueva. Yeah, yes, they did have those. Okay, yes, but I mean, if you watch David Lynch's version of him taming and riding the sandworm. It's a fucking masterpiece compared to that already. Oh, yeah. I thought that looked cool. Anthony, what would you think of that scene where he, I mean, it's the second half of the trailer, him riding this thing. You don't really see a lot of until. Yeah, the, you don't really see it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it looks cool. Sure. Well, I feel like that they made that moment seem 
big in the trailer. Yeah. So it's like, if it's good, it's probably going to be even more impactful in the movie yeah. as is in the trailer. Um, look, Dune is an acquired taste. I don't know if I agree with all of Mr. Villanueva's mm-hmm. yes, uh, choices. I mean, I could see how you could find the first one boring. Absolutely. I mean, I could absolutely see that. Right. But I loved it. I don't know why. I love the movie. I feel I mean, like a lot of people loved it. Yeah. I feel like it's um it's good, but it's also bland at the same time. <laughs> and people have told me, oh no, this is the most amazing set design and there's so much thought put into it. But at the end of the day, it's very minimalist in in its ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't really give you the greatest sense of like uh of grandeur or like of detail. I don't know. So I'd like to see some color, and it, it seems like everything's monochromatic here. Like even like, uh, yeah, all the Harkonnen guys. The guy who played Elvis is is oh, like yeah. now so, he, he looks like a white like uh, he, like vampire. He looks or like Powder from Powder. Yeah. So joining the cast, uh, returning Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin. Joining the cast, Austin Butler, Florence Pugh, Dave Bautista's coming back. Uh, Austin Butler is playing Fade Harkonnen. That is Sting, right? From the David Lynch yeah, movie? Yes. Oh my god, that role is crazy. Uh, Christopher Walken playing Emperor Shaddam IV. He's in this? Yeah. Christopher oh Walken. Oh my god. Wizard. This movie just got ten times better. There's a worm. It's outside. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I, you have a worm. You have a worm. I held <laughs> this watch up the worm's ass for the last ten years. Yeah, so Dune... Part two. Um, what do you think, Anthony? Amongst my friends, it's also very divisive. My either some of my friends, my movie going friends, really love it. Yeah. They think it's the greatest thing ever, and some like me are going, what "The fuck was that? That was <laughs> super boring." Uh, well, I think you, our, you guys. Well, go ahead. No, I think a lot of the action is in the second part of the story. Uh, well, I would hope so. Yes. Because, uh, but that's not action. Is not what Dune's about. It's not really. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the trailers for the first Dune. So. This Dune trailer looks good, just like the trailers for the first one. It's an amazing cast. Um, I've seen Denis Villeneuve films outside of Dune, and I've liked them. Um, But I know now if I watch this movie, what I'm getting into. And and frankly, I don't know if I'm going to watch this movie. (laughs) You got to watch Blade Runner 2020, whatever. Yeah, 49. Yeah, yeah, that's a great movie. But uh, um, And it's a different palette. It's colorful and, and, and cool. And I don't know. So it's a different kind of Danny Villanueva oh, movie, but well, but um, I, th- I thought it looked. I thought on that note, I thought it looked fine. Like that wasn't my problem with the movie. I just thought the fucking story was boring as shit. Well, well I think that this, if the visuals can pick up where to to support the boringness of the script, yeah. But what happens is is that this is a messiah story. It's a story about prophecy. Right. It's not really an action flick. Yeah. It's a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi future future uh, opera about uh, religion, mm, mm. and uh, that's what it is. That's what that's what's great about it. But it's not always the most rousing thing. Like I don't sit down and watch like you know Passion of the Christ to entertain myself it, with no, action. Why not? Even though he gets the beat down in that. That movie, movie is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm excited because I love the story and I want to see how he un, how it unfolds and if it has the same 
a better impact than the one that was made by David Lynch, even though that's a crazy bonkers. Movie. The story did suck me in after watching the whole Lynch thing. Like watching the first half made me go watch the Lynch thing because I wanted to see the whole story. It does have a great story. I love how you see the influences George Lucas took from Frank Herbert's book. I love the dragonfly fucking spaceships. My favorite part, the singing lady is back. So you're going to get two and a half hours of moaning. (laughs) It's beautiful. I'll I'll make this hot take. I like Eternals way better than I like Dune. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Dune. Dune, I mean, well, you could listen to the review. I doubt. The more I think about doing, the more I dislike that movie. Well, you know what? Fuck you, because I'm going to make you watch this. It's coming out November 3rd. We did the first oh, one. Good. we got to watch the second one. It is until November. You have time to prepare yourself. Look, Eternals, the source material and what... Uh, I n- now I'm drawing a blank. Fucking. Well, I'll make sure to bring a pillow and a blanket. Yes. For the next dune. Bring some warm milk and just nestle it. What, what are you drawing a blank on, Ruggs? He was going to say Jack, something. Maybe I Eternals wanted to say Jack from the Kirby, yes, right? Yes. Who do invented the Eternal? Yes. But I just went blank on his name for one second, Jack and I'm like, what? How do I forget Jack <laughs> the Kirby? King. I'm like ashamed of myself. But uh, the source material Jack Kirby wanted to make, he wanted to tell like a new Messiah story. Sure, yeah. And uh, if they would have just kind of stuck to that more instead of making them robots and shit like that and. You know, it, it probably would have been cooler. I, that's all I am saying. I feel like they copped out because they're worried about, you know, creating like the this these real uh, unexplainable phenomenon. You know, like oh, it's a robot. You know, we can explain. So they didn't want to leave the mystery there. I, uh, I the internals. In, oh, the internals. I gotta watch yeah. that again. I think it might be good. On a second, better on a second take, but I'm looking forward to Dune. Let's move on to some quick casting news. Back to the MCU. Um, okay. According to one Twitter account, apparently Adam Driver has officially accepted the role of Reed Richards. Nothing confirmed. It's just this Twitter account at my time to shine. Hello. That's broken stuff in the past. I don't know. Their track record is seems to be okay. But Adam Driver, maybe you're Reed Richards. And then I love this other rumor. Uh, Hamilton star David Diggs possibly being looked at to play the thing. Now, hmm. this is interesting uh, uh, on, on several levels. They said they were looking for a Jewish actor. Uh, David Diggs' mother is Jewish and his father is black. So by Jewish like uh, tradition, if your mom's Jewish, you're Jewish, basically. But then, if you want to talk about diversity, you got two boxes checked right there, uh, working out. And I think uh, this Fantastic Four, uh, this new incarnation, probably is going to be diverse. I don't think they're going to hire four Caucasian people, possibly. What do you think? Oh, of course. They're going to do, uh, listen, they, they did this before in the, f- yeah. the other Fantastic Four movie. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, that that was a huge hit, and uh, everybody loved it. But um, <laughs> I don't know. listen. They, they're this is what they're doing now. This is this is commonplace. This is nothing to be uh, shocked by. And I fully expect it. And you know what? I don't care. That's fine. You know what? If you look back at the cast of that fan, fan four stick, and it, I was like, wait a minute. Did I imagine this? Fucking Michael B. Jordan was the Human Torch. Right. And and like but way like back then, uh, I think he was still not a huge known 
No. Entity. No, not, like, not, not the name. It's crazy. Until he was, uh, until he was the bad guy in, in Black Panther, he was, he wasn't really that big. So it was the Creed, Black Panther, back to back. That I mean, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Toby Kebbell, like, Kate Mara, like, that's a good cast. And, uh, they did have a good cast. They had a great cast. And the first half of that movie is something. And then it, you can instantly see the moment where the studio comes in and be like, bro, we're taking over. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Not to relitigate that movie. But I don't <laughs> think Josh Trank was doing a great job uh, up possibly. until that point. Yeah, he had, he, he had issues too. But I wouldn't be bad, mad at David Diggs, uh, playing the thing like that. Uh, he's, he was on that Snowpiercer show. I love Hamilton. I have no opinion on him because I've never seen him. Oh, he's good. He's good. He did. Uh, he does some voices. He's going to be. I mean, in the he's going to be doing mocap, right? So yeah. at the end of the day, his color, the color of his skin, sure. whatever, it doesn't. It doesn't really even unless matter. they start with him before they. Well, of course, turn, they probably right, will or, start with him yeah. as David. So, anyways, they got to put this cast out soon, unless this is being leaked. More crazy, fantastic for rumors. Let's finish up with this. We talked about last week, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, bringing back a 90s action classic being Cliffhanger. I'm back as Gabe Walker. I forgot. There's another 90s action movie that didn't quite make our tournament, but was considered. That is getting a sequel, and that is Ridley Scott's Gladiator. They are making a Gladiator 2. Did you guys know this is happening? I didn't know that this... I thought I heard rumors, but I didn't know that this was officially happening. Oh, this if, is happening. Just for what it's worth, if you, anyone ever wants to read the original Gladiator 2 script, it is insane. Well, it's not going to be that. No, it's not that. Instead, the story is going to focus on Lucius, that little kid in the movie, right? Mm, yeah. Lucius all grown up. But check out this fucking cast already. You have uh, Jimon Hansu, rumored to return, Connie Nielsen returning, Barry Keoghan who played the Joker in the Batman, and he was a Banshee's adventure and Oscar-nominated. Uh, Paul Mescal as Lucius, who's the, uh, another guy that got nominated after Burn. Denzel Washington, and then the most recent person to be added, fucking Pedro Pascal, having a phenomenal year and career, lands a spot in Gladiator 2. And Rid mm. Ridley Scott is returning to direct... Whoa! Uh, what do we think? I'm, I'm really, I'm really into this now. If you have Denzel and Pedro Pascal and Paul Mescal and Barry Keoghan, uh, some really Joseph Quinn is also in this. Some really good actors. This could be good. I love Gladiator movies. Yeah, I love oiled men. You like Gladiator movies, Billy? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> I watch a fucking Gladiator movie. But, uh, Anthony, what do you think about this? Are you in now that... What was the original script? It was going to have Maximus return or some shit? Uh, I have to brush up on it, but the basic gist was that they were going to do it where Maximus was in the afterlife, oh, yeah. and he was basically fighting gods, and oh, right. it was going to go it was gonna go uh, supernatural type thing. Oh, yeah. Like, Don't you completely different from the original. It seems like a, a continuation of the the world of gladiator the first gladiator what are you but referring where to? is maximus are you referring to this script or the old script no this new one oh, okay D he died though right didn't he, die? he died yeah, yeah he died. He oh his, he's dead he saw his family in the fields of reeds or whatever the fuck. oh that's right oh so okay this makes perfect sense then uh the only thing they know about the plot is that it's it's lucius son of lucilla nephew nephew of commodus cool 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 cast i like the gla first gladiator i 
I'm still a little salty. It's not in the the action movie tournament, All but right. you know, I won't harp on it. Um, I, I yeah, I really really like that movie. Really, Scott is a hit or miss director for me. So it could be good, but and there's a great cast, but I, I'm not always on board with what everything really Scott does. Right? Do you have things like Prometheus and some of the alien movies? Yeah, he's he's not he doesn't hit home runs every time. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. I mean he's direct he's not writing, so maybe but he doesn't usually write his stuff, does he? Uh, it's mostly Speaking of uh Walking Phoenix was in the first movie, I've heard um from the Campia show and other places at CinemaCon that he's playing Napoleon Bonaparte in this like Napoleon action movie and apparently it's fucking wild. It's like like it's one of those movies you don't see anymore, like Gladiator, right? Like a historical action biopic kind like of thing. Like Braveheart. Like a Braveheart, yeah. Like you don't really see a lot of these movies getting made in this Napoleon. I'd love to see a cool Napoleon so, movie. Napoleon, also directed by Ridley Scott. So he's working on that right now, or he's worked oh, on that. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, I'm hmm. interested in that. Right? So, and in Napoleon, this cast is great, too. You got Vanessa Kirby, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, and some other people. Oh, that's Have you ever oh, seen Kingdom T- of Tahar Heaven? Rahim is a good... Oh, good Tahar Rahim is Paul actor. Barris. Okay. Yeah. I don't know these other names, really. Paul, uh, yeah. Have you seen what? Kingdom of Heaven. No, is that good? It's a story done by Ridley Scott. It's like an epic. Orlando Bloom's in it. It's like fucking four hours oh, long. Fuck, from 2005. If, if if you get like the extended theater theatrical version, it sucks. Ooh. But the uh, extended it's version about, is like, it's about the Holy Land. Yeah, the Crusades and Jerusalem. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, it's uh, pretty. The epic. action is good now when you in? It's just uh, very historically interesting, but it's not. It's like. Not wall to wall action by any means. I like that these historical, like Ben Hur type fucking action epic things are coming back. We, uh, I've been missing, missing it. Oh, you put a link in here to the rejected Nick Cave script. Huh, yep, you can put that in the show notes later. We'll do that. Okay. This has been a long news segment. Uh, no, we're done. We're gonna take a break here. <laughs> there was a lot to talk about. The writer strike is important. We're gonna take a break. Play some promos. And come back and geek out about the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 40 minutes, man. Right after this. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Nobody asked you. After these messages, we'll be right back. Attention podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. I'm Logan, the host of Mostly Superheroes, a weekly pursuit for the world's best stories with an emphasis on live action superhero stuff. Every week, join me, PC Mike, The Giggler, Scotty Scoop, and Carrie as we talk MCU, DCU, books, TV, movies, and more. MostlySuperheroes.com is where you want to be. Watch us on YouTube, listen where you get your podcast, and we'll see you Monday, Sunday on Patreon. Enjoy the rest of the show. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast, along with my co-host Bill. Every Thursday, we bring you... Classic hip hop. Classic. Classic. You know, all the good stuff, the stuff that you forgot about, the golden age, pre golden age, back to the original era. Each week we bring you hip hop headlines. So we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Woo News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu Tang Clan every week. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Straight classic. 
Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Doc and Nerd Listener, if you join us every week, you enjoy this podcast. This is a great time to give back and join our awesome Patreon fan club. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd! Where you can support the show on a monthly or annual basis. And we thank all of our continued support. And they all get benefits stuff on based on the tier you choose. For example, there is an exclusive podcast feed for our Patreon members where shows come out early. We all put uh, uh, our Guardians of the Galaxy instant out of the theater reactions we like to do that for every movie that went up uh, this week. And you can hear our how we selected all the movies for the 21st Century Action Movie Tournament with our buddy John Bellotti. There's a whole episode and a couple of updates. Uh, lots of fun stuff. You also get Discord benefits. You can hang out with us on our monthly Discord hangout this month, Thursday, March 18th. Uh, the, the, the date is always on our Patreon page. Uh, love to have you there. And there's a tier where you can pick any movie for us to watch and review. There's also a tier that gets you an exclusive t-shirt. Lots of fun stuff. We love our Patreon community. Join it today. Let's get to this week's review. It's a big one. We are going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 3. Here's your spoilers. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Prepare to be spoiled! Yes, we have arrived here at the third and final installment of the Guardians of the Galaxy film trilogy. Also, the, by James Gunn. By James Gunn. This would this is the thirty second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and kind of the seventh appearance overall of this team. You count the first two movies, uh, the two Avengers movies, Thor: Love and Thunder. And the holiday special. And then you get this one. On Rotten Tomatoes, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 holding an 82% tomato meter. 7.2 out of 10 average rating. Audience score, 95%. In comparison, Volume 1 came out 2014, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Volume 2, 2017, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Volume 3 is at 82%. Budget-wise, this movie was made for $250 million. And op- too fitty. Too fitty, and it opens to kind of what they were estimating, $118 million opening weekend domestic. Doesn't sound like a lot, but in this uh, post-pandemic movie theater, whatever, it's not bad. It's not bad. Already, worldwide, it has made $289 million. So, it's decent. It is in between the first two movies. The first movie oh, had opening weekend of $94 million, goes on to make $773 million worldwide. The second movie, if you remember, in 2017, opens to a staggering $146 million opening weekend domestic. That one finishes at $863 million. So we will see if this Did, movie this has one legs. This one got a nice boost in China. I think it made like $28 million. It made 20, first, One of the first movies to go yep. release in China in a while. Yeah, yeah. One of the few. I think that since like Spider-Man No Way Home was one, only like three or four have made it in the, uh, out of the many movies. So yeah, good Chinese box office for this one. 
Uh, again, written and directed by James Gunn. But let's just not forget the fucking crazy journey this man's career has had between Volume 2 and this movie, right? Volume 2 comes out in 2017. In 2018, James Gunn is fired from Disney for tweets dug up by some reporter. Uh, takes a job with Warner Brothers DC to do the Suicide Squad. And literally that next day, he got, takes that job. He is offered uh, his position back by Disney uh, to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Remember, there was a time where we almost were like, Oh my God, who else can do this? Are we going to get a non-James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I am glad Disney waited and let him finish Peacemaker and whatever he was doing over there. Because I don't think Peacemaker he, and Suicide Squad. And the Suicide Squad. I don't think anybody else should be doing this. It's clearly. No, he, 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 yeah, this is clearly his baby. It's clearly very personal. It is his baby. But there was a moment where like, oh my God, if they use his script, who are they going to get to direct? This is crazy. Uh, so, and then uh, amongst all that, he's now leaving, uh, Marvel and now running a studio. This man went from working for Troma Films, writing his first script, to working for Marvel to now running DC movies over at Warner Brothers. Amazing. That's an insane Amazing story. trajectory, right? Think about all the shit he went through. In the Living old, the dream. In the last six right. years. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Uh, other uh, in the cast in this, of course, everybody's returning. Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, Bradley Cooper voicing Rocket, Dave Bautista as Drax, Palm Clementif as Mantis, Karen Gillan as Nebula, Vin Diesel voicing Groot. We have a new Chikwudi Iwuji playing the high evolutionary. Sean Gunn playing Kraglin. Maria Bakalova coming back, new, coming back, whatever, as the voice of Cosmo. The Russian dog. And uh I am not a bad dog. Oh my god, it's adorable. Will Poulter uh, playing Adam that back. Warlock. And there's a couple of other cameos we'll mention when we get to them. Uh lots of James Gunn friends and family, let's say. Uh yeah. involved in this movie. But some people have a problem with it's his wife. Uh, give her a roll. <laughs> yeah, but they shot her. That was awesome. It was great. They put he puts Jen Holland in here and then kills her. It's been no, well, they shoot her in the leg and then just oh, you see right. her getting dragged off. Yeah, she's yeah. just screaming. She's <laughs> screaming. She gets to yeah. be shot and screaming. Yeah. Um. Anyways, this uh also long runtime, two hours and thirty minutes. Uh, big fat movie. Uh, Anthony, uh, previously on Guardians, the last thing we saw, holiday special. The Guardians have their base on nowhere. Where the collector used to hang out, the head of a celestial. We also find out Mantis is Peter's sister. Ego was also her father. Uh, of course, 2014 Gamora. I mean, Gamora is dead, but 2014 Gamora is alive. Wasn't with them in the holiday special, but Cosmo and Kraglin are hanging out there. And Groot now goes from baby Groot to teenage Groot. Now he's like young, swole Groot at this point. Uh, yeah. With that being said, Anthony, what happens in Volume 3 of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, sure. So all the Guardians, except Gamora, are living on nowhere. They're protecting nowhere. And a new being, played by Will Poulter, Adam Warlock, is sent to capture Rocket because the High Evolutionary, played by, I can't say the guy's name, 
Shikuri. is looking to get back his possession, which is Rocket, because he wants to study his brain. So the Guardians have to save Rocket's life because he's injured in this attempted kidnapping. And throughout the throughout the story, we learn about um, Rocket's backstory with the High Evolutionary, what the High Evolutionary has in mind for the universe, and all of the Guardians and their current situations in their life and what they need to get over. Yep. In a uh, conclusion of this whole story, uh, Anthony, how many times did you see it? Anything interesting at the theater happen? Uh, nothing interesting. I did see it on Thursday night, opening night. And then I like, I, uh, I was trying to figure out my thoughts. So I went and saw it again, uh, Sunday. Damn it. Sunday. I wanted to see it again. Could not get to see it again. I kind of do want to see it. Rugs, uh, any? How's the theater? Packed? Not packed? Uh, well, it was uh, mostly full. I wouldn't say a hundred percent, but it was like uh, I would say eighty percent full. Okay, yeah, mine. Yeah, I, I, on, the, on that front, my Thursday was probably eighty percent full. My Sunday was barely anyone, and I oh, mean, a couple, yeah. like ten, you know, but it was a Sunday night. Yeah, my Thursday, I saw it Thursday night, and it was maybe like seventy percent. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of families. Right. Not a great movie for kids. No, a lot of say. intense no. things going on in this movie. So <laughs> the couple sitting next to me, there was like a was a, a couple, and the woman was just at every like uh, animal scene or any kind of like gore scene was just freaking the fuck out. It was like, yeah. oh my god, oh my god. Yo, the the lights went down, <laughs> and I heard a fucking baby crying in the back row behind me. I was like, what is going on? Why did you bring a baby or a small kid? Um, but anyways, Anthony, seeing it twice, the movie ends, two post-credit scenes. How are you feeling at the end of this? Yeah, when I saw it the first time, I, I did enjoy it. I, I thought it was a little bit messy in the middle, but I, I described it as a movie that's a little bit messy, but it has its heart in the right place. Yeah, And it, it is a pretty emotional journey. Upon seeing it the second time, I actually liked it more. Wow. Um, I... I appreciated what he was going for there. They are definitely tugging at the heartstrings throughout. And I think it's obviously most effective when they're telling Rocket's story. And anyone that's ever had animals or cared for animals can relate to all, all the stuff they're doing. There's a lot of allegories to the way humans in general treat animals with um, science experiments and mm-hmm. like uh, like uh, the dog that got the Russian dog that was sent to space Leica. to die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's all that kind of stuff, and those things all hit. Like any anything involving animals, it was is kind of a little bit gut wrenching to watch. So the movie is fun. I don't think it's as fun as the second one. I think this one's a little bit more emotional. Yeah. Um, but it, it has a lot of the things you'd want in a James Gunn movie. It's there's laughs. There's heavy heartstrings. There's some really good action. I, I mean, I love the one shot hallway fight oh, at the that end. Was, that was crazy. Uh, there's the needle drops, which you know everyone you can. Some people like more than others. So it has all the James Gunn things, but I think it does coalesce into a movie that's really heartfelt. Uh, it's a good send off for these characters. They didn't do some of the cliche stuff, such as Peter Quill ending up with Gamora again. Yeah, I was glad they didn't um, do that. So yeah, I mean. Your mileage may vary on all the storylines. I, I thought some of the storylines for the characters weren't as strong as others, but overall, I, I did enjoy the film. Um, I appreciate it, and, and it uh, it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. It's an effective send off for these guys, and 
I, I did enjoy it. I, I, I had a good time at the movie. I, I wouldn't say I had a great time in terms of like, this is great to watch because it, some of it's just really heavy to watch. But it makes you feel but, something, doesn't it? But yeah, it, but it does accomplish exactly. It makes you feel emotions throughout the movie. And um, yeah, overall, I, I did. I didn't. I did really enjoy it. I'm going to go next because I heard uh, Rugboy's instant reaction. So before he rains on our parades, I'm going to say the stuff I loved about this movie is I, I thought it was a satisfying end of this trilogy and a love letter to these characters. You absolutely get James Gunn's personal connection and the journey these characters take are great. It's like a family. It was great to hang out with them again. It's definitely emotional. It got me. The rocket scenes got me, but I love that this is the darkest of the three movies. Like I said, not as funny as the other two, but a lot darker. He's pushing uh, the PG-13 rating here and there. I mean, they gave us our first fucking F-bomb. I uh, appreciate that. But every character kind of gets a moment. Every character has this amazing journey that kind of wraps up at the end. There is a lot going on. Maybe too much, but I loved I love the music and the needle drops and um, just the balance of the humor and the drama and, and, and saying goodbye to these characters. I rewatched the first two parts of the first two, and this has got to be one of the most solid trilogy entries now in the MCU. And it's just because James Gunn had one vision and was kind of allowed to do what he wanted to do for the most part. I think the Gamora thing uh, is, is, gets tricky with him because even though he approved the fact that they killed her in Infinity War Endgame, whatever, which one, I don't think he would want to do that. And so he had to tackle that problem now. And thankfully, he doesn't force a thing, and it's kind of organic. But fuck, I had, I did. It was very entertaining, and it made me feel things. And that's always good. Rugs, what do you got? Yeah. Let me start this with uh, just saying that uh, James Gunn, uh, he's accomplished a lot. Uh, and I got to hand it to him that he took this book, uh, these characters that are not very well known, not very uh, common knowledge characters and wiped his ass with them and created this new version that everybody kind of loves, which is which is it's it's risk, right? You're, you're taking the characters, you're like throwing what you don't like and kind of reinventing them and doing whatever you want with them. and. Uh, people responded well to them. And in fact, so well that the entire Marvel universe is, started structuring the way that they make movies around how he made Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, one. A little bit, yeah. So he really did do something right. All right. So, but after that fact, and and as soon as Marvel now takes this pattern and starts reapplying it to all their movies, you have to kind of shift you can't just be the same thing and um this movie especially with the needle drops borders on parodying itself um you but i let me finish uh so it borders on parodying itself now the 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 song choices uh are were really like a little bit I think I like the the earlier ones that he was doing these off the like off the beaten path, and there was like maybe one or two of those songs in there, but a lot of them were like you were just 
crowd pleasers, like, like songs that everybody knows at this point. Dude, but come um, on, dude. Starting it out with that like, amazing... Why, why, why No Sleep Till Brooklyn? What does that have to do with anything? Dude, that was, ba- like, that was badass. I'm never that, mad like, when I heard the Beastie Boys. <laughs> but, but, I mean, come on. That's a reach. Like, isn't it? Like, really? But um, Starting out with that acoustic version of Creep is fucking beautiful. That was genius. I thought that was great. Beautiful. That was great, and... Uh, yeah, that's going to introduce that song to a whole new generation of kids. So I think that that was great. But uh, yeah, I just felt that that whole Beastie Boys thing at the end ruined that scene for me a little bit. It was a great scene, great fucking battle scene. But I, I was like, oh, my God. Um, we also had, there's so many, we had Crazy there's, on You by Heart, the Space Hog in the meantime. Yeah, that's a good use of that Do one. Do you realize Flaming Lips and then not? Yeah, they were just I'll going actually, down. I'll actually agree with Rugs on this one. I wrote down that <laughs> um, I thought there were too many needle drops. And then Dog Days, Florence and the Machine at the end. That I was that, that was way too. That one was terrible. Like that one should not <laughs> have been used. Them. But these, but the, they were on the playlist that Peter left. Right, but like I think that that could have been curated just a little bit better. Okay, well, I, I, I I didn't like but it. But then it the ending in that post credit scene with the full circle moment of. Uh, come and get your love was I thought that was good. Fine. Um. So Im- Imran that, came ready to battle you, rugs. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really not even getting a second in, but I, right, I'm right. I'm so it doesn't go matter. Okay, so um, right. um, now in terms of the characters, that is that is like the the meat and potatoes of this. That is the actually the good stuff. Like he does right by the characters, and that you can't really blame him. He does that. Um. There are some moments where like like there's about like 10 times in this movie where people get shot and you think they're going to die. Yeah. And he does that. It's like a cheap trick. And he just like with the animal cruelty, that's also a cheap trick to get you like to feel bad. Yeah. And it's like I feel a, a manipulated a little bit by that. But um, there's a lot of times where like, oh, is he going to die right here? They're going to. And then he's just fine. And like it, so it starts with. um. Adam Warlock coming in, almost killing everybody, but everybody's fine. Yeah. Well, Rocket's they, not fine, but he does end up being fine. Okay, but he's the only one that's not yeah. fine. And that actually cheapens the movie a little bit, because you take out one of your best characters. Yeah, to tell the best. And now story. he's not in the mix yeah. for the whole entire movie. But I guess it's good for the ending, I guess, but he doesn't really say much or do much at the ending either. Um, like, the, uh, with, with, with his crew, like, the, the, that, that cog in that mix, yeah. he's out. He's taken out of the game. Yeah. Uh, then they go on that the the, the skin planet or whatever it's that like thing the is. Orgoscope oh, no. company. I, 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 I loved that. I love that scene. Dude, it's then, so weird. Uh, and that was a great scene. <laughs> so that was a great. That was a great. It, it took me back to the first Guardians. Uh, the prison a escape lot. kind of. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, those terrible suits that fucking they're wearing the bad Nathan guys. The skin. has this bumpy flesh. These yeah. weird bumpy. I, 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 I love them. <laughs> he shoots drag. Those things are terrible. Yeah, Drax gets he shoots Drax yeah. and you think he's going to die and then he's fine. So, and, and, and he does that thing where he make where he, he, he's manipulating you. He's like trying to over dramatize this shot when, and all of a sudden he's, they just don't go into it again. So, yeah, it was kind of like all over the place, like uh, uh, pacing wise and just the way it felt. It just felt jarring all the time. And um, yeah, and if you want to talk about Adam Warlock, what a waste of a character oh, we'll get there. To that. The biggest surprise. Um, what he- didn't even need to be in this movie. No, no. Uh, they land the big ship. 
on the planet Earth, and they're like, where is the base? And it's clearly it's right this, in front of them. Giant fucking like they wouldn't ship. see it when they landed. Yeah. Um, it, you know, there's just it was just some some suspect storytelling there. But the characters are great. The story of the high evolutionary is a great bad guy. I fucking hated him. Yeah, I wanted him yeah, to die. Yeah. And I'm yep. glad I was satisfying when he died. Um, Did he die though? It, Is he dead? Yeah, he got blown uh, up. No, he's not dead. He didn't see a body, yeah. but he was pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah and the thing like crashed and blew up. He could still be alive. Um, there was a nice rescue scene. Uh, every character got a great moment. Yeah, yep. and I gotta say the humor was good. And even though it undercut some things here and there, it wasn't as bad as the second one where it was like cartoony and ridiculous, yeah. like. That um, taser face joke yeah. that he kind of never let go. Taser face. He he kind of like he did drag some things on a little bit much, like when he's sitting on the couch. Dude, I, that's and- hilarious. <laughs> where he's like, I can't. Bl- this this is clearly designed to be laid on. I don't understand. Second best friend. So, and yeah, he's yeah. the second best friend. And then g- that whole scene where G- uh, Gamora or Nebula can't open the car door is fucking hilarious. I think it's a good use of the f bomb. Yeah, where he's just like, open yeah, the fucking door. Like you're pressing the keyhole, press the button. <laughs> so there's moments where, like, yeah, he, he, there it could have gone to that level where he's doing taser face, where yeah. he overdid it, but he pulled himself yeah, back. He restrained himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a little bit more restraint, and uh, there are some like cool shots, like the POV shots, and that that hallway scene was cool. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good, and I think it's. It got you to respond emotionally to these these things, and it, it was the way that the uh, rocket was uh, the his baby form and his all his oh youthful God. forms. And, yeah. They were so cute and really well animated, and it had the emotional punch that you needed. So, yeah, I I didn't hate this movie. I thought it was good. I think it's better than the second one. Um, it's kind of almost. I like the first one a little bit better, but I think it's a good movie. Um, probably the best that Marvel's done since like uh like Endgame. Probably oh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people are saying that. I think it's better than No Way, no way Home. Home. Oh shit! Oh, that, yeah. I think that's it's a hot take right there. I, I, I would, no, I would, it's not because No Way Home is a poorly written story. It's all yeah, I would I would actually agree with Rugs. I thought about this a lot. Uh, no Way Home is a much more of a crowd pleasing. Like you yeah. stand up and cheer. I think that's a a movie that you watch in the theater, and there's no movie that'll be like that, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think. Guardians three, I agree with. I, I was gonna come and if Rug, I didn't hear Rugs's instant reaction, mm-hmm. so I, I would have come at Rugs a little harder. But he's, I actually agree with him. I think the movie's a little bit written. I think there's some problems in the way it's written that kind of halt and start and stop the momentum a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think the way the cutscenes are to the past are sometimes halt the movie a little bit. Yeah, but okay. that being, and I, I agree with the needle drop thing. I actually wrote down that that there was too many needle drops, and or maybe it's just because I don't know all these songs. Yeah. So I didn't understand like they didn't riff they didn't uh, do anything for me. Yeah. But I would agree that I think overall volume three is a better overall written movie than Spider Man No Way Home. Um as far as the 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 animal stuff, the animal cruelty, I, I didn't really see that as a cheap thing because there's a lot of parallels to what humans really do. Makeup testing of, and shit on animals. Yeah, my, testing yeah. mice, yeah. testing yeah. all sorts of shit. Um, and it really made for I, I heard you say this in the instant reaction, Imran, and I disagreed with it. I think the high evolutionary is one of the best villains Marvel's ever. OK, had. I mean, I, I had to think and about I, and, it. Yeah. 
let, let me let me finish yeah. too. Is just that first off, I think it's the best, clearly the best Guardians villain. Yeah, like no doubt yeah. in my mind. Yeah. yeah, way better than Ronan. Ego is is a charismatic character, but he's not really like that great of a villain. Yeah. High evolutionary is someone you fucking hate. Yeah, you fucking hate this guy, and you can see, you can kind of almost see where he's going with it, but he's so insanely cruel yeah. to animals yeah. that like. He was one villain in in the Marvel universe where I was like, I don't, I am not. There's no way you can root for this guy. If you've ever had an animal, yeah, yeah he's totally this, hateable. Yeah, he's the he's the most hateable guy ever. Yeah, and the way he treats uh, Rocket and the like, even right off the bat when Rocket's in the room with all the other uh, animals he meets, and he's just like hurts. It's like this is fucking terrible. Oh my god, that was his first word. Is yeah, he's like hurt, hurt. and so like, oh. just the way he. I mean, it. I really despised that character in a great in like in the best way and the way he acts out that character yeah. and the way he Chikwudi like, is great yeah when he's I screaming I, the pain yeah. like rah, rah, yeah. like when he's like mocking rocky i'm yeah. like oh my god yeah. this is amazing i wish there was a scene where you kind of understand the high evolutionary's power set and stuff like that because you don't like when there's a scene where they're king. yeah <laughs> when, <laughs> when, king, yeah like uh all of his uh, underlings like pull guns on him, like they turn yep. on him, and then he just blows them away. I'm like, oh, can he do that? He's like, just like he- force pushing people, right? I, I think yeah. what happened, and you're right. I, I also agree with that. I think what they did I, when I watched it the second time, and he gets a hole blown through him. Yeah, I think his body's mechanical, and they just basically when Rocket fucked him up, yeah. they had to put his face and like they basically enhanced him with mechanics. I right. mean, even, he basically did to him what he was doing to the animals. Peter Quill him called alive. him like you fucking Skeletor meets Robocop looking motherfucker, which is kind of accurate, right? It's it, that's a great mashup. Now, just, while we're on him, yes, just to yes. just to close out the loop on yeah. him real quick, I, I I am surprised that they showed his fucking oh face my with God. his he face with, his, with the skin torn off, fucked up his face, and it was so disturbing. No, not that part. Oh, I'm talking about the part not when Rocket fucked up his face at the end when they when they really show peel it. off his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, they linger on when it a lot. Show, yeah. I was like, how the hell is this PG-13? Yes, and there's little kids surrounding me, and I'm like, holy shit, this is dis-. like you see his muscles and it's his disturbing. eye, and it's fucking disturbing. Rocket fucked him up. Now, t- regarding the villains, right? That wasn't just Rocket. That was the whole team. Oh, they all jumped on him, and yeah. and and. Uh, but he, but that's a, the damage Rocket initially does when he kills Layla. That's why yeah. he's covering right. up. So Rocket did that back then, and he never right, got over right, right, right. it. But Marvel, when these villains are done well, they can give you these two extremes of villains, right? A villain that is relatable, and you're like, you know what? He's right. That is right. And then they give you a villain. That is completely irredeemable, and they're both great when it's done well, and it is done well in this case, right? Now, let's pour one out for poor old Layla and Floor and Teefs. They were fucking adorable. And the walrus, did you notice the detail on Teefs, the walrus? His eyes are being propped open open. like fucking clockwork orange and shit. Fucking Floor was disturbing, this rabbit with this thing on its mouth and arms, and it's so happy and cute. And Layla was cute, too, with her mechanical arms. A lot of people have I've seen on Twitter saying they, you know, I, they couldn't handle the animal torture. And look, like you said, if you, I love animals. I love dogs. We have fostered like 70, 80 dogs. So that's what it, it did. I didn't feel manipulated. It got me. But I didn't think it was th- it was that bad to trigger because it's fucking fake. It's not real. You know, it's yeah, not that's real. another thing. It's yeah. 
So, oh, where, like people were saying that was too much. Yeah, people were like, "If you don't like animal torture, don't watch this movie." And I'm like, "I think you're being a little, uh, being a little but it's not, it's not embellishing the animal. No. It's making, it's telling, it's showing that it's bad." Yes, yes. And it's I, not I think real. that's a weak argument. It is. I think that's a weak-minded thing. Oh, I saw that a I, lot. I, I want to throw in too while we're on there yeah. on these characters. I loved the heaven scene. Oh, I, I love. Yeah, I loved when Layla was like. Something along the lines of it's been your story this whole time. Yeah, and you know if you think about the three we're not, movies, you're not you have a purpose, you're, and it's not to come here. It's kind of been Rocket's story throughout the three movies. I thought of that moment in the first movie where he's drunk and he's fighting and he just breaks down yep. and goes, "I didn't ask to be created like this. I didn't ask to be a monster." Uh, and the you know when you see his back and like throughout all three movies. Right. Throughout all three movies, he denies that he's a raccoon. Yeah, he denies he's a raccoon. He pushes people yeah. away that want to love him and care for him, and now we know why. And then it comes full circle, and he says, I'm Rocket Raccoon. He gets it. He saves them all. Holy shit, just the the emotion and the themes and the full circle moments for all these characters, the callbacks, the tying up of threads from the movies helps. Well, M- Mantis has a line, too, in the second, yeah. in, when I watched upon the second viewing, yeah. where she's yelling at uh nebula with all the kids and they're having another argument and nebula is basically reaming out drax for being stupid yeah and nebula or mantis goes he's not stupid he's the only one that doesn't hate himself oh my god like all of you yeah and i was like oh that's a fucking line i mean uh, just a fantastic trilogy of characters who are broken and hurt and they're fuck-ups and they're trying to find a place to fit in and he nails that every time, James Gunn. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, like as I said, the plot is is sloppy, but the characters are solid, and and it the the characters they prop up this whole movie. They make it's worth just to see the character stuff. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. that's like a testament to James Gunn. I would because he wrote this one, yep, so yep. Uh, he understands what we want to see from the characters, and like so. We got to see the characters do the things that they do and progress their story. There's a good moment with um with Mantis when she freaks out when she sees this like completely ugly thing. Yeah. And then uh, like oh, apologizes yeah. for like reacting <laughs> oh, in a bad way. Yeah, that thing was disturbing. <laughs> but yeah, that and, and yeah, that, that whole creation was pretty fucking. I mean, this wild. movie is full of a crazy, amazing characters and aliens and designs. Well, it's, like, it's like animal body horror. Yeah. Counter Earth was fascinating. The fact that he he thought Well, that's all from the comics. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like There's the, an Earth. The high like evolutionary yeah. the high evolutionary um creates this planet, mm-hmm. the second Earth. Yeah. Counter Earth, yeah. And and um actually uh the reason why Adam Warlock uh uh appears is he's sent to Second Earth to destroy this like man beast or this like kind of like devil and it, and uh Adam Warlock's supposed to be like space Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. So like it's actually mess- like he's supposed to be a messianic character, and that's not how they portray him so, at all in this movie. Quickly, let's oh, yeah, we should get on. Let's him real discuss quick. Adam Warlock. And now I just mentioned this movie ties up threads from all the other movies. Sometimes for the benefit, sometimes it hurts the movie. If you remember, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two had five fucking post credit scenes. Uh, one of them was Aisha the Sovereign in a cocoon, and she called him Adam. And we see Adam Warlock, and he is a big idiot man child kind of thing not at all well, he, what the really was in the comic. what they're doing is he was he's just been born so he doesn't yeah, really oh. even understand what's going on so yes he he uh he attacks rocket without knowing what he's doing he doesn't know how to control his powers now he doesn't understand pain so when he gets stabbed by nebula he goes 
that hurts. Yeah, he incinerates that one dude when she's like, "Show him what you mean business," and he just fucking kills him like. He let, let me let me let me let me just say real quick. I uh, I enjoyed Adam Warlock for what he is. He's a completely useless character though in the movie. But you need like, you, you, you could have taken him completely out. How do you get yeah. Rocket mortally wounded? Then you don't. You don't need to do that either. You just need High Evolutionary to want Rocket. Oh, and they're maybe chasing him, and they got to keep him safe. Or you could have the high evolutionary have send one of the monsters to hurt him. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no, he's not. I mean, and he he's kind of portrayed as he is portrayed as a joke. I so. did like the tie-in that the sovereign also created by the high by evolutionary. The high evolutionary. I, I, yeah. I think I, I didn't know that, or I forgot that, but I was like, oh my, shit. My favorite thing is that Elizabeth Debicki's so tall and she's wearing heels, and then high <laughs> evolutionary is going to stand on an apple tree. <laughs> Chiquiti is not I that did tall? enjoy that. That's a great. That's a great. That, There's a I little give thing. That, a little. that is a good little bit of like subtle comedy where yeah. they're not. It's not supposed to be laugh out loud. You, if you see it, you're like, oh, that's fucking funny. He is a tiny, angry man compared to her. But like, yeah, then it's funny that Adam Warlock's supposed to be like the most perfect being, and he's not and that tall. She either. still towers yeah, over him too. <laughs> I and I liked his, you know, his moment where he comes around and saves Peter. And I, I did. I team. know it's probably cheap, but I did laugh when Peter's dying, and then they do the whole God touching. Oh, they did. Uh, yeah, they did the Michelangelo painting. <laughs> the painting. Oh my God! No, how many times is Peter? The birth of Adam. How many yeah. times has Peter <laughs> Quill almost fucking died in outer space? Every movie, uh, this they, happens. Yeah, they did that. They did that a lot. I, oh, I, I, I by the end of the movie, I was like, he's not dead. How They're many times did that. they say, "Did that look cool"? Yeah, that was kind of funny, oh, though. I like that was that. a running joke. Yeah, did that look cool? Um, but well, as far as the plot, I, I want to do touch. Yeah. I do want to touch on that because Rugs mentioned it. Yeah. I do agree. I mentioned that earlier that the plot was a little kind of all over the place. And I wrote down they have to just because all the, like the hoops they have to jump through. They have to save Rocket. Yeah. Then they have to save Star Lord. Yeah. Then they have to save Nebulous and Drax and Mantis. Yeah. Then they have to save the kids. Yeah. Then they have to save the animals. The animals. Yeah. And then they have to save uh, Drax or uh, Star Lord at the end. Yeah, it doesn't end. It's it's a ton of like yeah. Okay, we're putting this guy in peril. We have to yeah. put this person in peril. It's not elegant in any no. way. No, you're right. Yeah, it's a little it's, clunky there, and like maybe too many things. But it's overstuffed. It is overstuffed. I, I said this in my review. It's overstuffed and half baked. Like yeah. they, they first of all, they did not need to take Rocket out of this. They could have had just a high evolutionary wanting Rocket. Why? You know, why doesn't he want him? Why does he want him right now? There's not a good reason for him to want him right no. now because he was just been running. All over the galaxy for I years. I thought Rocket May die, was, was going to die. I, I thought they were going to kill Rocket. Uh, yeah, and, and someone should have died, but no one that, did. Oh, that's the other big surprise. I wanted to ask you guys. Nobody fucking died. We'll get to how they end up, but I, I thought I thought Kraven was going to die. I thought for sure. I, you know, I, I didn't mind someone not dying because that's the cliche thing to yeah. do in the trilogy is to kill someone. I, I didn't mind it, but. Yeah, I mean, coming in the movie, everyone probably expected someone yeah. to die. We'll get into who's left and where they are and what actors are actually returning. Um, Jib Jib? Jib Jib. Jib The little kids are great. You you spoke the language the whole time? You never asked. <laughs> oh, you want to know what else I really thought was a great thing that, they, that James Gunn did? Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the movie, um, Gamora understands Groot. Yes. And then at the end of the movie, we, we understand, all understand Groot. Understand yes. Groot. Yeah. I love you guys. Although it sounded just like Vin Diesel. It's kind of funny. It's straight Vin Diesel. Oh, yeah. is that what they're doing? Yes. Now. That makes that way more clever. Yeah. It parallels I thought he, he just learned how to say, I love you guys. But now we understand. Yeah, because. It. Oh, that's no, awesome. Because you see Gamora all of a sudden understands him. Right. Not, because yeah. None of them react. They all heard I, what we heard. I think I you got to love him. Yeah. Once mm -hmm. you love him, you can understand him. 
I love how she's mm-hmm. like Peter Quill in the first movie, where she's like, "You guys are just making up things he's saying, right?" Because she just, then, yeah. Yeah. but then by the end, she does connect, and we all understand Groot. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that's scene. good. That's good. I, that is good. I enjoyed Craglin getting better with his whistle arrow as a little homage to Yondu. Um, and him again coming in with Take the save. That back. I am not a bad dog. Yes, that bad dog joke was also he used it a lot, but it was fucking funny how offended Cosmo was at being. But I, I liked uh, if we're done the joke path. Yeah. I did like Nathan Philly on be like, yeah, I got one of those too. <laughs> he's referring to those stupid people. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. And he's yeah. like the guy next to him. He's like, but this <laughs> one, whoa. dude that whole that the organic planet like this asshole in the universe was just fucking wild i love the designs i love the colorful (laughs) jumpsuits there's a lot of uh that wasn't an among us call out and i and i think you should not it it wasn't it was among us but it was also uh 2001 space odyssey a lot of allusions to 2001 space odyssey i I liked it because it was something i'd really not seen before like a, a freaking skin planet and yes. I, at some at first when I saw the suits, I'm like, are they really doing this? And then <laughs> later on, I went, they really did do that. The suit, those suits. I, I was like, this is supposed to be absurd. And uh, he again, like reverses gravity like they do in the first movie to get out of that thing. But that's a fun scene. Um, and there's where Jen Holland is inserted. Why did, um, yeah. why did um, Star-Lord not have his mask and his jet boots? Oh, that's like his thing, isn't it? You know it? what? Uh, so what's funny is James. someone asked James Gunn on Twitter, and he basically responded. He goes, uh, they're in the drawer in nowhere. They had to get out of there fast, and he just forgot to grab them. <laughs> oh, so basically because he wanted <laughs> because he, it. Because that's how he wanted it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to go down that path, and they in part two, they clearly established that Drax can't wear any clothing on his on his upper body. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it, his, nipples, his are- nipples are sensitive, <laughs> and he's wearing a shirt this entire time. I love Groot's many forms from a head that reminded me of the thing to a kaiju sized Groot to like giant Groot at the fucking post credit scene. What do you think of the new lineup from the. Uh- okay, here, what? Let's just go through the end of the movie where everybody ends up and what the post credit and mid credit scene okay, is. Sure. So, okay, sure. So after everything happens, um, Aisha dies. Uh, Adam Warlock's mother dies and that whole planet gets fucking destroyed, but they save. That's not at the end of the movie. No, no, I'm just saying they save a lot okay. of animals and it's a great, another Kraglin coming to the rescue, fucking driving the head over. And then Cosmo, man, them, them saving the animals was really, I mean, I didn't cry, but it was like, Oh man, uh, when I, when you see all the, when rocket goes in there, yeah, it's he's like, like, I gotta go back. We, we gotta get them. Baby we, can't, we can't leave them. Yeah. Man. And you have Cosmo like actually helping and that awesome Groot and Peter back to back shooting. Anyways, Peter almost dies in space again. Adam saves him. Then the Guardians uh, disband. Peter says he's going back to Earth to see his grandfather. He leaves. Let me, let me comment on yes. that. I thought that was weak. Him, his part, because they never built up the grandfather through the one and two. Why do I care about him leaving to see Ties the grandfather? Ties into the very first thing we see in the first movie. Yeah, I know. But that could have been something that they had a thread going throughout the movies. Yeah. He just decides so, to go, go back. Yeah. He leaves Rocket in charge of the Guardians. Mantis goes, I'm going to go. I like Rocket being the captain. I like that. Yeah. I remember he makes that joke in uh, Endgame. He's like, oh, let me ask the captain. Oh, wait, that's me. Uh, Mantis (laughs) is going to go off and uh, discover the universe and himself, whatever. Gamora does not hook up with Quill and goes back to the Ravagers, who she's been hanging out with to be a Ravager. Nebula and Drax remain on nowhere, and we all discover Drax's real purpose may have been just to be a daddy. But the fact that his 
wife and children were killed by Ronan in the first one, and maybe he was a good dad. Like he's a fun dad around these kids. So when when, when his daughter was scared, he would make monkey noises. Yeah. Oh yeah. Beep, beep, boop. Beep, 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 oh, yeah. beep, beep. What kind of monkey is that? <laughs> so what kind of monkey He's is doing that? The robot. It's a yeah. monkey. No, I know. Beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, and, beep. I mean, Nebula had a lot to do in this one, which is great. Karen Gillan was great. Anyways, we get to the mid-credits scene. We are introduced to a new Guardians team consisting of Rocket, Cosmo the dog, Craglin, Adam Warlock, and one of the little girls uh, that they saved... Uh, the f- wait, Adam Warlock was was on the yeah. team. Yep. He's there in the costume. Oh. Uh, also, the fuzzy dog thing blurp is there with them, and then this giant, full grown Groot that you thought it was a rock they were leaning on. So, what uh, was that? Uh, that blonde little girl. So they, she was Violet. one of. She was yeah. She was one of the escapees. Yes. Right. This is a character from the comics. They don't explain this at all. Phyla is a genetic um combination of Marv Captain Marvel and a Titan. And she was part of the team in certain versions, a lot older. But this is Doesn't she become Captain Marvel sometimes. I think she too? does at some point become a Captain Marvel. Well, I do like also that they're going around asking what their favorite song is yes. or favorite artist is. I think she's the one that goes. I like Britney Spears and Corn. Yes, two two <laughs> really really different choices. And also that's when he plays "Come and Get Your Love" yeah. from the first movie. I was like, oh my god, they played that. That's so great. So then uh, more credits, and then the post-credit scene is kind of strange. It's just Peter and his grandfather sitting at the table. Peter is eating cereal, and the grandfather is reading a newspaper. Hilarious Easter egg. The headline says something like, Kevin Bacon abducted by aliens, referencing the holiday special. And then, and they're just talking about the, something pedantic. I don't even remember. And then it says, Star-Lord will return. return. Uh, so real quick. Chris Pratt and Karen Gillan, plays Nebula, have said they would they would return. Zoe Saldana has said she's done playing Gamora. Batista, you know, is done as Drax. He's not. He probably doesn't come right. back. Right. Sean Gunn also says that's the last time he is going to be playing Rocket and mocap. Rocket will come back. Rocket will come back. Somebody else can mocap him. Whatever. Rocket will come back. I the whole you have a bigger purpose thing that leads me to believe, given the fact that he was. Out of, out of, out of the office, basically the entire movie, yeah. and now he's leading the new team. That leads me to believe that he's going to have a big part in something else. Maybe later. the Avengers movies coming up. Right. Where will we see Peter Quill? Well, next? There was rumors online that I mean, this is just speculation, but there's rumors that he might be involved in a annihilus annihilation storyline or something. Oh, like that. I know Gunn wanted to use Annihilus at one point for one of these movies, uh, but didn't. Uh, so we these nobody dies. We'll probably see some of these characters again. There's a new Guardians team. Also, which I don't know if this team is good enough to have its own movie. No, I don't think it is. I don't, but maybe they do it. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, throw them in something they else. Can always, they can always grab the lineup from uh, the 90s, you know? Who's so, in that? Oh, you got uh, Vance Astrovic or something like that. Oh, and you got. Yeah. <laughs> this is more obscure people. Nobody fucking knows. And you need. Well, you have Yondu. Well, you had Yondu. Yondu yeah. And, well, Basically, the characters exist now, but they they're done poorly. Like Yandu was a cool character. There was uh the the guy that Stallone plays was a cool. Oh character. my god! Real quick Stallone cameo for like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. As so, but Star like they, they were like uh yes, that group with that like metallic guy and the floaty head mainframe. That's like the original Guardians from like the sixties when they first the, launched. Yeah, there's a guy with a crystal head. Yeah, 
as well. Yeah, Martin, Martin X or something. Yeah, Martin X. Um, yeah, but uh, you, I, but uh, that team too. I don't know the charm that these characters had. The way James Gunn breathed life into characters nobody gave a shit about is amazing, and they're great kind of self-contained sub series of the MCU. It just the whole thing. It makes the other a, movies better. It's a crowning achievement for Gunn. Yeah. And, you know, even in some sense, Marvel, because this was a nothing team that no one gave a shit about. And, you know, it's, it can be argued that you made them one of the more popular things amongst all of Marvel canon right now. And you have three good movies. You have, um, you know, people talk about the Guardians. They, they, you know, they become part of the zeitgeist within yeah. pop culture. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not, I guess after thinking about it, like I, he, the fact that nobody died, it was not a problem because the way it ended up was still really satisfying. And uh, people almost died and then got better very quickly. That's all. Uh, anything else before we uh, go into some uh, categories of best or worst here? I want to know about from my you upon second viewing. I really actually enjoyed the bickering between Nebula and Mantis. Oh, yeah. It felt actually kind of like people that hang around each other yeah. that, that love each other. But yeah are really fucking annoyed at one point nebula or mantis is basically berating nebula because she's always mean and negative to people yeah. and then nebula's berating mantis for how she always defends people when they fuck up oh yeah and i and i was like oh, that kind of feels like a real conversation i mean i even love the what they ma- gave zoe saldana for this gamora i thought she did play at like a very different gamora and that whole scene where she's like uh that sounds like her more like her pointing to nebula uh, it's just, it's just, she's got great attitude and I'm glad they didn't force the fucking romance back. It, it, it worked. He's got to let go. He did lose essentially Gamora still. Red is green. Yellow is blue. <laughs> orange is black. It's like, these, <laughs> and then, what? And then, and then the star alerts like, how do you like, how do you basically, how do you know this? And, and Drax goes, I thought it was intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> the colors are all mixed up. No, green there is red a- and red is green. Howard the Duck. Uh, he was appearance. there. Where? Wait, yeah. where was Howard? Was he on the planet? They're, he's playing poker or poker. something. Yeah, they're playing poker and Craiglin and the dog are there, Cosmo. And uh, someone's nowhere. like, just tell Howard, him. Uh, just Yeah, nowhere. Okay. They're just like, just take it back. He's like, no, she's a bad oh, dog. Oh, he was playing poker with them. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Stop calling there playing me poker. that. Uh, also, apparently, Pete Davidson cameo. He was one of the high evolutionaries guards real quick that gets killed. What? Yeah. In that like battle scene where on the, on his spaceship where they're. In the third act, Pete Davidson is one of them. Uh, that battle scene, I know the Rugs doesn't like No Sleep Till Brooklyn. I liked it. That that battle scene, upon second watch, I was like, whoa, this is pretty freaking good. The yeah, way the camera's zooming well in done. and out. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a one take. There's a lot of CGI, obviously, but they oh, made for it. Sure. But the dynamics they of it. They filmed it as if it was a one take. Yeah, though. and it was fucking yeah. cool. And uh, Rocket leaping in the air, Peter and Groot back to back. I mean, there's one where they shoot through one of the things and the camera goes through the oh, hole. yeah. Yeah, and they're just. Shot. I mean, the camera's weaving around. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good scene. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel like Gun. It's probably one of the best scenes they've done in a Guardians movie as far as action. Gun gets better and better uh, every movie he does. You see him get better. Uh, for what it's worth, yeah. too, um, on Letterboxd. Yeah. So I, although this is the lowest ranked Rotten Tomatoes, still a good score yeah. on Letterboxd. So the first Guardians is three point eight out of five. Uh-huh. Second Guardians three point five out of five. Uh-huh. This one is four point two out of oh, five. Oh wow. And anything above a four is like a really, really, really good score. Interesting. 
So this is the one that the fans are liking the most. Okay, so I got two questions before we rate it and rank it. I want to know. Which movie, in your opinion, has the best opening montage scene? They've all, they're very stylistic, right? The first one, you got Come and Get Your Love. You got Peter Quill kicking little aliens. The second one, you have ELO, Mr. Blue Sky with Baby Groot dancing while there's a battle with the obelisks who show up in this one. And they're on, like, the High Evolutionary had them uh, in the background. Great choreographed dance scene. And then this one, with a very somber creep acoustic as Rocket walks around. Oh, you you wouldn't think that the uh, dog days was the big dance number. Yeah, that was that was not a dance number. They were just everybody was dancing. I'm talking about opening <laughs> montage music scene. Each of them has them. What's your favorite? I like the first oh, yeah. one the best. You like the first one? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I kind of like the second one. It's a lot of fun. It's colorful. It's adorable. The, the, the first one for me because when he picks up the little thing and starts singing to yeah. it, like in the mic, yeah. I, gets me a lot did, did you notice a lot of, there were, a lot of people are eating those things on sticks it seemed like yeah, they were little that. skewered things on sticks okay so you guys will go first one i could i mean gun is a dark part you see that there we just glossed over the fact that gun in the movie just has a whole planet just yeah get blown yeah, up destroyed yeah destroyed i mean there's mass genocide by the high evolutionary yeah. again this is like this darkest version of this yet like each movie he gets a little darker and a little. Yeah, this is darker. And now you darkest. see his horror side, his dark side. The first one is very like kind of straightforward team building intro. This one's dark as fuck. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you bring your little. At first, I was like, no. people being sensitive. I don't know if you bring your small kids to stuff because the his face and the animal the stuff. The face alone. There's they they do asshole fuck you know get in the fucking car. They do say they do, uh, they, yeah. they they curse a decent amount. And just the, the the animal torture stuff. Well, look, just... let me tell you something. When I was growing up, we had movies like The NeverEnding Story, where Atreyu has a horse named Atrax, Ajax, Artax, who fucking gets a real horse, and it sinks into the mud and dies, and that oh, fucking yeah, traumatized crazy. me for years. This is a PG yeah, I fucking I don't want to watch that either. But, you, <laughs> but th- that's why you remember these movies. They make you feel something. And this one definitely made me feel something. Okay. Uh, I would just say the theme, like b- besides the visuals and the swearing, the themes in this yeah. are a little more heady than I think a child would understand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're dealing with a lot of redemption and, and imperfect people and family. Right. A lot of crazy shit. Would you consider this um, one of the best trilogy in the MCU? Hmm. I think it's a solid contender now. You think about the three. It's the most. Yeah, it, I think it's. I I would say just off the top of my head, I I think it's this and Captain America. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Rugs, what do you think? Um, if you put all of these movies together without any other movies, does it work? Um, not entirely because things happen between them like major shifts in yeah. cast and staffing so like all of a sudden you find out uh there's uh the christmas special you have to and watch there's that. like a big reveal yeah. big reveal so i don't think it works as just three you, you need to watch you got to watch the Infinity War stuff. Endgame. you don't have to watch thor love and thunder and fucking do anything no one. no but it, it it's 
it doesn't work. If you just say, let's right, watch these three movies, you're going to have to do some explaining. That, and I mean, Captain America trilogy, kind of the same thing now, maybe. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't look do at think- these are trilogies per se in the traditional sense. I look at them as, okay, what are the, if for three movies in a franchise, yeah. did I enjoy these? It's like a sub series kind of. Yeah, I think they're all, all well, since it's done by the same director yeah. and all the same actors came back and everyone was down for it. I think there is a consistency to the quality of. I don't think they have another three movies that are with one vision and one specific style like this. They don't, and that's yeah. And Gun should be given props for that. Okay, well that brings us to let's rate the movie, let's rank it amongst the Guardian movies and the MCU if you want, however you want to rank it. Anthony, oh man, this is hard. Uh, This is a hard one. These get more and more difficult as we get go along here. So. I have it as I w- when I first saw it, I would have done seven out of ten. Yeah. Upon rewatch, I'm going to go eight out of ten. Okay, and ooh, it's amongst the Guardians films. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like them all. I know. So. <laughs> I know they all have amazing moments. I kind of like them all. Um, if I look at it in my Marvel Cinematic Universe rankings, I have it thirteenth among thirty-two. Okay, so I actually have it last amongst the three. So. There it is. But I think I, I like them all. I do like them all. I'm going to go. So I'm going to give it an 8.5. And just like you, I love all the three movies. They all have amazing moments, amazing character moments. Now, clearly, two and three, writing-wise, maybe the clunkiest. I will concede the first one is a better movie. But I think right now, three is my favorite out of these. So maybe I'm going to go three, one, two. I don't know. Uh, and I would put it in like top 15 of the 32 somewhere that put towards 15, 14. uh, rugs. What are you going to do? I think, uh, it totally is, uh, better than the second one. It has a little bit more con- restraint on the humor and, and kind of keeps the, the overall tone, even though that there is a lot of, uh, manipulation going on and kind of starting and stopping and all, a lot of that stuff. Um, I think just the t- as a just tone was good, uh, and and the and the character stuff is great. Um, the plot and the whole the kind of the way the story set up is, I don't is very lacking to me. So, uh, the first movie's got got all of that in spades. This one because the character stuff is kind of right up after that one, and the, and the second one is uh is dead last. Um, I feel like that one was the, the you know, that one's just all right. Wait, would you say one, three, two? Yeah, yeah. What uh, what score would you give? I'm gonna say seven point five. I would say I think it's very good, and uh, this the fact that the plot is just so and it's overstuffed with stuff. It it weakens the movie, and then you have wasted characters. So it's like there's glaring things that you can point out that are that are obviously yeah. bad, yeah. but then the character work is so good and that, that it, it, it does support the rest of the film. I mean, and that's a lot like the second one, right? But man, the second one, the whole father son thing, the fucking, I'm Mary Poppins. Y'all, uh, just some great moments, him playing catch with his dad. When he learns his dad gave his mom a tumor and he freaks out like all that shit is great. But then, and then Groot, uh, baby Groot pressing the button going, I am Groot. And then, but, but then it does get silly with the Pac-Man and the fucking giant face on the planet and stuff. 
<laughs> but you Kurt just Russell's talking? great. Are you just, this, uh, just going over your thoughts live on the second one. Yeah. They all have like good things and like, and then there's issues. But well, this is at the end of the day. James Gunn's got his strengths. Yep. But he also has glaring weaknesses, and he, I feel like he is a little bit overrated because if you, you can't be at this level and still making these bad decisions, but um, whatever. He, he, I mean, he gets, he gets too over. He gets too into something a minor, like a little thing. Yeah. And he overdoes it. Yeah. He, yeah, there's always something in his movie where you go, man, you could have cut that back a little bit. I mean, this one showed the most restraint, I think, uh, compared to the second. I think one. it just it showed it showed a lot of restraint with the comedy, but as Rugs mentioned, I think it showed a little. It needed to show a little bit more restraint with just the plot. Yeah, with, and do how you many feel like he, he should be on. running DC? This this is his newest movie. This is his. Uh, he had a uh, reckless abandon. He had control of the script. He directed the film. He had all the army behind him. Uh, and he did to me a good movie, but with many room, much more room to grow to be become great. Is he so? Is he the right guy to run DC? Do you think that? So I wrote this down. I wrote down after the first showing that I went love James Gunn, love these characters, but I think it's time for him to move on. I I don't want to see from these characters and just Marvel in general. I went. I think it's he's. I'm done with him doing the Marvel stuff. Like it was a good run, but you know, so if he can, if he continues this style in DC amongst everything, then I think I'm going to get tired of it. Pretty. He's going to need to evolve a little bit, right? He's going to show more. He's going to need to show more restraint. And well, I'll take another artist in here is uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright was making the same movie every time. Yes. All right. And then he, he got hit. He did, Scott Pilgrim, and he was like, "All right, now I got to move on from this." And he did uh, Baby Driver, and then he did the, the, that horror movie that with uh, Anna Ta- Anya Taylor Joy. I forgot the name of it. One Night in Soho or something. Oh, right, mm-hmm. Last Night in Soho. Yeah. So he's now transformed into like something different, a different yeah. kind. He's not doing the same stuff anymore. Yeah. And and the thing about James Gunn is that he started this style that everyone's copied. And now it's almost like he's a parody of his own self, not in the worst way, because he's doing it in a better way than a lot of other people who become parodies of themselves. But I think, yeah, it's time that we need to see a new James Gunn. I'll tell you what I do know. I can guarantee in Superman Legacy, you will see Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker, Jen Holland. They're already cast. That's fine. That's fine. And Sean Gunn, probably. But Rooker and Nathan Fillion, I think I've been in every movie he's done so far. He, yeah, uh, Fillion was in two, but his stuff got cut. He was supposed to be Wonder Man. Can I have a Zargnut? There's none left. Oh my god, that was great! It's like, why did you offer me a Zargnut? He's not. <laughs> he's just ignoring Mantis. <laughs> There's none left. It's so funny. The Zar- I want to. I want to try a Zargnut. Do they taste like puffed peanuts? What do they taste like? Hey, morons! Or no, he's like, hey, oh, this is, oh, there is the uh, oh, there is a shot of um. The uh, original Guardians of the Galaxy from the '90s in this movie. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, when so Stallone a, shows up. Yeah. So all those guys that Stallone's with, like a lot of those characters from the '90s, are in there. I just didn't recognize them, but now I have some stills. I'm like, oh, oh there was another cool thing I learned from James Gunn's TikTok. Uh, I didn't. I'm not on TikTok, but somebody shared this video, and it's regarding in the beginning when Pratt is. Uh, or Peter Quill is drunk and Nebula is holding him and carrying him like he's nothing. 
what she's holding is a a special effect. It is a prop. It is a dummy. It's a dummy Peter Quill. That's a that crazy breathes. dummy. It looks so real. It breathes, and it's just super light, so you can just pick it up, so it looks like she's super strong. But he said it sat in his office for weeks, and people were freaked out. And like, there's a, in one of the TikTok videos, like Peter uh, Chris Pratt's holding himself, but it's like yeah, it's super that. real looking, and it's totally light, and it's an am- amazing practical effect. It looks so real, and it breathes. Yeah, it's very cool. That's pretty crazy. Very cool. Because he was like, my editor called me and goes, "Where are the strings on this that she's carrying?" And he's like, "There's no strings. This is a fucking dummy." I saw an article that there's like an installation, an art installation where they have those dummies. Oh, Ooh, I want to see that. And yeah, and basically there's these super realistic human dummies, and they're wrapped in like plastic bags. Oh my god! Like yeah, and so they it, the plastic bag obscures it enough that you just really think it's, it's a, a fucking person, dead person. <laughs> person in the bag. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's some great prop work there. All right, good stuff. Let's get to news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Uh, Before, of course, I got comments from our uh, listeners about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Before we get to that, real quick comments about last week's episode. Where we reviewed The Raid 2, amazing action movie starring Eco Waste, Yaya Ruian. Uh, and from YouTube, we got a YouTube comment. Oh. YouTuber Sosis. Sosis. He says, the swirling that Rama does is called Bunga, one of the base Silat martial arts moves. That movement is to keep hands kinetic, ready to catch slash counter the attack. And the reason I share this, just to say I was right, you fucks. There you go. You were right. We, I totally Redemption. missed it. So you, caught, there you go. You were like, you what got the fuck something. are you talking about? That's what I was... It's a thing. And it's cool to see that it's from the martial art itself to just stay ready and throw your opponent off. Anyways, thank you, Sosis, for proving the nerd right. Geek boner. Get a geek boner. And then the other comment I got from Jose Ibarra, he says, connecting this week's episode to May the 4th be with you. Speaking of unforgivable casting choices... Uh, Anthony, such a waste, and he links an article, headline, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, wasted eco-oasis Razu Quinn fee. Yeah, I read that. I had no idea. Apparently, eco-oasis and Yaya Ruian. Was it both of them were in the movie? Yeah, they were both in, apparently. that's What what a stupid thing to do, put those guys in the movie and not do anything with them. And you don't even get them fight. Apparently, they're in the beginning of the movie where Han Solo is running from the thing, and he releases those monsters, and they're some of the gang dudes, and they just get chased away. But I was like, fuck, you have Eco Waste and Yaya Ruyan, and you don't even make them fight? The fuck are you doing, uh, Abrams? Uh, that is unforgivable. Hmm. Okay, let's get to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 comments. Jamie Robinson says that Groot slash Quill back-to-back scene was epic. Uh, he also said, and did I see Amelia Harcourt? Well done, James Gunn. Yep, she's in there. Chris Marinson uh, says that uh, back-to-back scene was a great nod to Bad Boys too. He says, great movie. Take note, YTT. This is how you combine action, heart, humor, and character advancement. Much better than Wakanda Forever and Love and Thunder. At first watch, I put on par with No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. Rewatched both recently. Anthony, I did, did we answer this question? I think it is their best movie. 
you know, you, I, I'm going to, I was since, since, uh, oh, so, so since, since Endgame, Endgame and even though I'm biased to the Spider-Man-ness of Spider-Man No Way Home, I think, I think it's a better movie overall than No Way Home because No Way Home's first half is written horribly. It is. It's a horrible way it to is. get there. That being said, I'm, I'm watching No Way Home any, all oh, the time. All day, over, son. Over yeah. This. And I did, I do love Multiverse of Madness, but. Ah, multiverse of madness. Thematically right. satisfying. This is uh, this is probably the, the best. The, the contenders, game. if I'm the contenders for this, would be No Way Home, Shang Chi, yeah. um, Wakanda Forever, yeah. and this one. Yeah. And I think that the creme de la creme are No Way Home in this, and I'd put this as a better movie, but No Way Home is Damn. a All better right. watch. Ron Ronald Hans agrees. Says much better than what we've been getting from Marvel of late. Uh, Le- oh yeah, while we're on that, yeah. does this uh? Does this make you guys feel any better about Marvel? Uh, I'm kind of. We the, were on a we were on yeah. a pretty high, pretty low after Quantum Mania. A lot of the fans were. I'm gonna say Marvel's back, baby. Oh shit, <laughs> this shit is back. Marvel's Thanks back. What about Doug? you, Rugs? Um, I wasn't really surprised by this. I was. I, this is what I expected. So it doesn't really change my feeling at all. I feel like James Gunn. You know, are you surprised that James Gunn does what James Gunn does? Like, no. That's I'm, a good point. Yeah, so Marvel's back. Baby. Yeah. It really is no indicator. <laughs> I thought about this too. It's really no indicator for what Marvel's going to look like moving forward it, because right. James Gunn's gone. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, but at least he's working for the competitor. Yeah, now. they pulled out a strong uh, final outing. Uh, Lisa Morrison says, "I definitely need to watch it again. I really enjoyed it. Thought Rocket's backstory was well done and the most compelling part of the movie. I have such a soft spot for animals, so I got very emotional a couple of times." I was very glad to see they didn't try to force Peter and Gamora back together. My only gripe was that I felt the Adam Warlock story was forced. Like, take him and the Sovereign out. Doesn't change the movie in any fundamental way. I get they wanted to bring him into the MCU, but it could have been done better. I liked that the high evolutionary's motives were clear. The villains who don't see themselves as villains are always the best ones. Oh, and as someone who was a teenager in the 90s, the music was fucking awesome. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Right now, I think it's my favorite of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but need a couple more viewings to be sure. I'm with her there. I think it's my favorite, and I do need to see it again. I can't wait to see it again. Now, our most uh, uh, picky critic, John Pilati Jr., here's what he thought. A very strong What did you call him? The most picky? Picky. Picky critic. Oh. Picky. Picky blinders. No, picky. The most cheeky, uh, cheeky critic. The most cheeky because opinionated. Because he's been doing squats and he's got them cheeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Glute, glutinous Maximus cheeks. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. A very strong way to finish the trilogy. <laughs> he says it packed all the emotional punches. It reminded me of War for the Planet of the Apes, whereas Ooh. they were just constantly pulling at your heartstrings. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah. Analogy. They it did remind me a little bit of the Planet of the Apes. James Gunn also War, War for the Planet. Yeah. The, of the Apes, that which one is a very much much more emotional movie than you'd think. Yeah. That's a good one. James Gunn also cleverly snuck in an anti-animal testing film, almost the same way James Cameron not so cleverly snuck in an anti-whaling film in Avatar 2. <laughs> That's I a like, good point. I like how he takes a dig at Cameron and gives a compliment. It's great. Uh, the- wait, wait, wait. I want to push back on okay. this. How is it not cleverly? How is uh, doing an obvious thing about animal torture any different than showing whaling? Like it's it. How is it not clever? Why is one like, more clever than the other? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're gonna have to argue that one. I mean, it, all right, go ahead. Okay. Continue. <laughs> hey, the High Evolutionary is one of Marvel's best villains by far, and my only gripe about the movie is Adam Warlock felt just a little underdeveloped. Other than that, this movie got me back on the Marvel train because Phase Four has been such a crap fest. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, there you go. It. 
He liked it. This is Phase 5, bro. Yeah, we're in Phase 5 now. <laughs> what is this, the second movie of Phase 5, right? After is, Ant-Man? Yeah, Ant-Man. And uh, wow, we're into Phase 5. All right. Fun stuff. I just enjoyed discussing this movie. Let's finish up with some What Are We Watching? Because I watched some action movies getting ready for our tournament there. Oh, yeah? Um, who wants? You going to start then? I'll start. Or should I? Okay. What? Wait, did you watch any action movies, Anthony? I did. Okay, you start. I want to know what you watched. Right. Yeah. I only watched one because okay. I didn't have much time this week. Okay. But speaking of needle drops and speaking of someone that uh, Ruggs name dropped pretty recently, I watched Baby Driver. Oh, shit. Nice. With uh, Edgar Wright directing and uh, a shit ton of needle drops. It re- felt like I was watching Guardians. <laughs> but that movie is like constructed to be almost like a mu- music video. Like The music is just as important Oh, in that movie. I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Love, love the whole vibe. Love the music. Love the way it's edited. Love the action. Great cast, too. Love, great cast. Um, great car. Great car. Cool cars. Cool driving. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was just cool. It was, a, it was It's just a cool movie. It's very cool. It was really fun. Yeah, like yeah. you want to be Ansel Elgort and be that good. It was awesome. And I really enjoyed it. There's hot ladies in it. Lily hot James. Ladies. Lily James yeah. is great. Her character's a little little one note. Like she just falls in love with him because he sits down at a diner. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would really happen. No. Any, other, happen. No, no. Imran, does that happen Shit. for you? No. No. I was wanted it to. <laughs> But other than that, it's a freaking cool ass movie. Isaac That's Gonzalez cool also describe it. Was, uh, yeah, Isaac yeah. Gonzalez, good action movie. I, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Jamie Foxx is, seen this is in that. Did you see this? These stories about his health and like he may have had a stroke, and he's I been he's that. been in the hospital. Do we know what he did? Do you know what happened? No, he just was in the hospital, and then it's- because they said it was like some kind of the way they described it is there's some kind of accident. Oh, really? Or some kind of not an accident, but like some kind of. Uh, they didn't say stroke. They said some kind of medical emergency. Yeah, I feel like they don't want to disclose it for some reason. But um, and then they like a medical emergency is like kind of like seems like that something that you didn't plan on happening happened. But like, I don't know. Also, his family came out recently and were like, pray for Jamie Foxx as if he was dying. But he's apparently he's conscious and he's fine. He's just still in the hospital. But hmm. I don't. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Well, he's oh, good a baby driver. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good villain. Yeah. Um, okay, I that was it. Uh, okay, that's it. I watched uh, two action movies and other things, but after all the Rambo talk last week, and the fact that it is uh, on the oh, you've never on seen the this? talk. I no, I never watched the 2008 oh Rambo, God. written and directed by Stallone. You know what? I really fucking like it. Like, what a great, simple, straightforward entry. It's very short. It's like an hour forty minutes. Gets right into it. He really knows how to play John Rambo, and I love just the whole tie-in to, like... How dark is it's he? It's so this? dark. The Burmese uh, Civil War and him just getting wrapped up in a thing with missionaries is a great contrast. He's got some great lines where he's just like, fuck the world. It's great. And then he was... What's the other line where he's like, you're going to die for nothing or live for something. Yeah, Your yeah. call. But he's badass with that bow and arrow going through people's heads. A lot of CGI fucking blood. Looks horrible. Uh, but brutal movie. It's brutal, but it's like it's a solid, like like an episode of Rambo, right? Like if it was a TV show, it's just a perfect mm-hmm. like. And it's got that flashback scene where you see the other movies, and then you're in and out. It's just not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of talking, a lot of Burmese talking, not a lot of English dialogue. Yeah, I like no, that. I, I like that movie. Yeah, I, I, the by the end, you hate the the that. 
the Burmese, the Burmese uh, captain rebel dude. Group. Yeah, yeah, you hate them so much yeah. that it's just so satisfying seeing him mow him, mow everyone down. Oh my god! On the yeah, when he gets on the Gatling gun and it's yeah. just he's strafing everyone, and the rebels show up. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking good, it's and awesome. he's got to go back and save the girl, and they were idiots to go there to begin with. Whatever. Uh, but that was good. And then the other thing I discovered while clicking around, available streaming for free on Amazon Freebie, which is formerly IMDb TV, uh, The Protector from 2005, Tony Jaws, The Protector. Has anybody seen this movie? Have you been? Uh, well, it's that's Tom Young Gong. Yes, it's on. It's in our tournament. It is in our yeah. tournament. Have you guys seen it? I, I haven't seen I've it. I've seen yet. it. I have seen, You've it, seen it, and I Anthony love it. He hasn't I, seen it. It is ridiculous. Okay. It, yes, it's. The dumbest plot for a movie, but it's got some great Let me, sequences. Yeah, I'm not, I might spoil. Can I just talk about this movie, Anthony? Am I going to spoil yeah, it? Go for it. Okay. I, I want to just ask before you watch it. The version you saw, is it um, subtitled? It is subtitled and dubbed. It's you weird. Both? It's weird. Because, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, when they're talking Thai in a lot of it, there's subtitles. But then there are moments where there's like white characters and other characters and they're speaking English. No, they're speaking English. Interesting. I think so. It's like English and Thai with subtitles. Right. Uh, anyway, I'd rather watch it in its original language. I, that was the only thing it was available in. So I don't know how else, but I'll, I think I'll, there's. I'll, I'll figure it out. I think there's people speaking English. Like it, they look like they're speaking English. When, when did you watch this movie? How do you not remember this? Uh, I just I watched it a week ago. <laughs> okay, but it was there was English. I can't remember. Anyways, here's the right, premise. Essentially, it's kind of like a John Wick. Instead, replace killed my dog with the phrase stole my elephants and it's Tony Jaws showing up in places going where's my elephant that's all he did <laughs> and then he kicks everyone's ass He's, and then he <laughs> kicks their ass because his elephant isn't there he moves on to the next place he goes where's my elephant and then he starts beating people up here's the the bonuses there are some really cool fight scenes uh, there's in the middle there's a long amazing long take scene inside this restaurant goes up multiple levels where uh, people are eating weird uh, things, but it's really cool. That's a great one. In the beginning, there's a ridiculous one where he fights uh, a, a gang that's on rollerblades, and I don't know how that gives you an advantage uh, fighting on rollerblades. <laughs> it really shouldn't, and he, he beats them up. Is that in the parking lot? Yes, and then he yes, gets a motorcycle? Yes, with like BMX bikers and roller skate yeah. gang shows up, and I'm like, this, oh, is, yeah. this is not giving you an advantage. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> and then at the end, there's an amazing sequence where first he fights... A fucking uh, capoeira dude. Then he fights a dude with a sword. Completely different style. Then he fights this giant fucking white dude, bald. And then he fights a thousand guys. And then he fights a whole bunch of dudes. So in this, he's doing Muay Thai is the thing. And the characteristics of this, some of this fighting are great because there's a lot of him. Have you seen Ung Bak? No, I have to watch that next. Well, that's his first that movie. Better than this? this is a, uh, they're both. I think they're both great. But Ung Bak is a little bit. Uh, more of a, I would say more, less ridiculous, like, oh, give me back my elephant. My There's elephant. a little bit more to it. Uh, but the, when he, he does these flying kicks into a person's chest through plate glass windows, it's fucking amazing. Right? And then yeah. there, you want to talk about animal torture trigger? Forget about Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the movie that should trigger you. They use real fucking elephants. There is a point in this movie where this big guy picks up and swings around a baby elephant and tosses him. 
And I was like, what are you doing? Don't harm these elephants. There's real there. I think they're real. I don't know how they got them down. No way. No way a, a, a man can pick up a well, baby elephant. That part, I think a baby elephant's like a hundred. That part, that part was probably a, a prop elephant. But the idea, he picks up a baby elephant, swings it around. <laughs> now, here's what's a not, baby elephant yeah, just for yeah, just, huge. just for reference. Tons. When it comes out of the womb. Yeah. It's weighing 200 to 250 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah this fucking... Like 175 pounds. This big dude <laughs> swings a baby elephant. Uh, a year-old baby elephant is 930 pounds. Here, so yeah. here's what's not good in the movie. Uh, pretty much all of the acting and uh, all the green screening. It's fucking horrible. Uh, yeah. But the fight scenes are cool. None of the acting is any good. But no. I did enjoy the protector because I was like, "Oh my god, is he going to save his fucking elephant? Where's the elephant?" You're not watching it for like a script, right? Uh, you you yeah. just watch it for yes. like how crazy is this? Look, if you watch Ungbok, there's a scene in Ungbok where Tony Jaw's legs are on fire yeah. and he's flying through the air, kicking somebody like six yeah. times. <laughs> I like that shit. <laughs> it's fucking insane. And then he puts himself out. No, it's great, like the Thai-ness of it and the Muay Thai fighting style with the other. And you see right. a lot of other fighting styles go up against it. And again, like John Wick, like this motherfucker, he it's exhausting watching him fight these dudes one right after another, after another. Uh, and of course he wins, you know. Well, just to, do we have anything for next week? No, we can pick one. Well, I will. While we're doing this, yeah. let's just do Ungbok. Okay, that's Stay perfect. On the Tony Jaw train because I kind of want to see if that how that compares to this. This is post. This is two thousand five. That is this. They're one. both like you can flip a coin. They're both great. Okay, yeah. The, the premise but, for Ungbok might not be as ridiculous, but it's still pretty stupid. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, they. The whole premise is Tony Jaw's character is from this small village in Thailand, and this group of thieves steal the head of like a Buddha. And they send Ungbok to the city to get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ungbok, the Thai warrior, is the full title. He, he's just—he's like the guy who gets stuff back. Yeah. He's just got to get. <laughs> and the one of the villains is a guy in a wheelchair that lost his ability to speak, so he's using a voice box. The oh, okay, doggy. <laughs> so this is also streaming on Prime for free if you are a Prime member. Does he have a chubby friend in in the Protector? Uh no. No, it's just him oh. looking for his elephant. Oh, yeah. I think in he, Ungbok, he's got a chubby he friend. He does. He has a, a, like a blonde-haired friend that yeah. was from the city and doesn't want to go back to the city and is like a degenerate gambler. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the protector also called Tom Yum Goong, and like that's yep. the name of a, the bar in the middle where they have that one long one-take fight scene, but I don't know um, what it translates what it to. Translate to. It's called the protector because it starts out in the beginning and it tells you that in uh, ancient times, Thai kings would ride elephants into battle, and they'd always have Muay Thai warriors at the bottom protecting the sensitive, vulnerable part of the elephant. The penis. So they were the penis protectors. <laughs> That's who the protector is. So, and he he was he's uh, he has an elephant pet at the beginning, and it gets kidnapped, and it's hilarious. Every he just goes around going, "Where's my elephant?" It's yeah, so, it's, a good it's time. so funny. It's yeah. so I can't wait it's to watch. So great. Uh, Rugs, what'd you watch? Anything? I watched Beef. Uh, beef on Netflix with Stephen Jung, Ali Wong. I watched Beef. What do you think of that? This, I almost didn't finish. This it. is the guy. The guy. I was like, "Fuck this shit." The guy who created this is the guy who's rewriting Thunderbolts now. Lee Sung Jin. Oh, really? Stephen Yoon really? is also in Thunderbolts, and the director Drake Schreer of Beef is directing Thunderbolts. It's funny because uh, the show is good and. 
you should watch it if you want. It's entertaining. The thing about it that's great is it's half hour episodes. Yeah. So like I think altogether it's like four hours. Easy you can watch. watch the whole thing. Yeah. Four or five hours yeah. you can watch the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like a half day watch. I just so happened that I was gonna bail on the show, but then I something made me. I had free time, so I was like, ah, fine, fuck it, I'll just watch it. So um, thought it was good. I had I thought some of it was uh fun. To uh, it was fun. It, it's uh, I think it's a good watch. I, I enjoyed it. So uh, that this is it. I think it was well acted. First of all, oh, yeah. very well acted. Oh yeah. I think that um. At a certain point, it gets to the like maybe the third or fourth episode. You have to make it to like, past the third episode. I think that's the weakest. The one. last few episodes are crazy. There's no way you can predict what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah, and it starts to get really fucking out of control. And um, yeah, then you're like, oh, what happens next? You have to watch the next episode. So it does work its magic over time. Yeah. And we were talking about how Steven Yoon could be playing Sentry. Can you see him as a bad guy? He kind of plays an asshole in this. You know, he, they're both of the lead characters are not great people, but he, they do. A oh, good yeah, job. He's a good actor. He's a yeah. very good actor. Yeah. I like the my favorite acting of him is when when he's eating those sandwiches. Oh yeah, when he the Burger King sandwiches or because just, yeah, like he starts like binge eating these four yeah. sandwiches, and you can see like it's kind of like a desperate frustration, like stress eating. Yeah, and it's just him like always going, oh fuck, just like <laughs> it's great. But and they're not any sandwich; they are Burger King, the original chicken sandwiches, the long ones. You know those? Yeah, those are yummy. I could eat six of those, no problem. <laughs> six, six, Jesus Christ! It's Jesus like twelve Jesus. normal sandwiches. I know it's a lot, but listen, I'm gonna live my life. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna live my life. You do you, Imran. Uh, and then the other thing, last thing I watched, I watched one more thing. Star Wars Vision season two released on Disney Plus. This is the first season was an anime anthology, short episodes, 15 to 20 minutes, not in canon, but using Star Wars concepts, ideas. The first one was all anime. It was really good. The second one, the second season, also very good. They've kind of moved away from the anime and have uh, used studios from around the world to make different shorts and you have everything from like anime to stop motion to uh, different CG animation, different styles. You have shorts produced from Spain. Uh, there was one from Ireland in the style of that. Remember that movie on Apple TV plus with the wolf uh, that was nominated for an Oscar. This is the same studio. Oh, uh, the, the wolf, the wolf cartoon. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That studio. That yeah. That studio yeah. makes a short and everybody has an Irish accent. That one's really good. They got one from Chile. The one from the UK is by Ardman Studios, who you may know from Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, Claymation, Stop Motion. They do one. There's Studio Mirror from South of Korea. There's a French studio that everybody has a French accent. It's great. There's a studio, 88 Pictures from India. There's one short where it's all people. They're Indian fucking Star Wars people and Indian force sensitive, and they all have accents, and it's amazing. It's really well done. I was like, oh, my God, look at this. Uh, and there's one from Japan and one from Triggerfish from South Africa. Mm. Really diverse, a lot of diversity, a lot of different styles, f- some great stories. Uh, it was very good. I liked it better than the first season. Uh, oh, wow. I kept yeah. confusing this with Tales of the Jedi. That's different. Jedi. Yes. That, yeah, okay. I think that's the season two that is coming out, too. That's specifically Jedi. This is just like different stories in Star Wars universe as if like one planet is like filled with in- Indian people. 
and it's a Star Wars with droids. Like that one was great. I was like, oh my god, look at all this fucking Indian people, Indian accents. Uh, I love seeing. So it. there's no known characters in this. No, this is all okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Very good though. I would check it out if you're a Star Wars fan. I will. I will. All right, that's it for this week. Next week, uh, listener, you can uh, join us. Ungbok is on Amazon, uh, included with your subscription to Prime. Uh, watch it. We're going to review it. Get get our action movie tournament going. Rugs, where can the listener find you? Uh, at really Rug Boy on Twitter. Come follow and retweet me, and uh, do all that fun shit. I got that link for it's you, late. listener. If Rugs is if Rugs is no energy, it's real late. Where it he's means at right it's now. late. Yeah, we started yeah. a little bit later today. It's okay. Listen, if you can't remember any of that stuff, it's all in our episode description. Go to the website, jogginner.com. All the links, blah, 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 is there. Most importantly, blah, blah, blah. share the show with your fellow geeky listeners who are into this stuff. We would appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Amron. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll beep you next time. Next time. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up hill. He was really, uh, really good upskate. Ice skate. Can't even say ice skate, I said upskate. <laughs>